Hey guys, it's Sparks Wick Witty here, introducing again for the fake nerd guys. Please don't run away, even though it's the third time in a row. But we're here for a great show. I'm here with my buddies, Ryan Eliopoulos. Hey, what's up? I'm a buddy. And Ben Magnet. I'm also a buddy. And of course, Brandon T. McClure. Hi. I'm not your buddy guy. You're not my guy, buddy. No, no, you're not my guy, friend. You, you messed it up. I, so I, I, I okay. just especially love the snort that Ryan did into the microphone. Thanks. <laughs> oh, it's going to be extra <laughs> yeah. audible, so it's going to be great. Good good laugh, Ryan. Good laugh. Hey, guys. I'm glad we're here together. Yeah. It's nice. How was your guys' Thanksgivings? It'll, it'll, I forgot Thanksgiving happened. Oh, it was Thursday. <laughs> yeah. That was so... I didn't work. I ate a lot of food. It was fantastic. Oh, it was good. wonderful. How what? was, how was well, you, you spent it with Ian. No. Yes, I did. Well, wow. Yes, I did. Uh, I spent it at David's house, my friend David. But Ian was also there. So yeah, it, it was a fantastic, fantastic meal. We played charades for like forty-five minutes. It was dope. I haven't done that in a minute. Old people love charades. Are you old? No, but the old people who, as house it was, they love charades. <laughs> Got it. Uh, ben, how was your? How was it was. Your it was good. It was good. I actually got to have Thanksgiving dinner, and then I had oh. to go straight to work, and that sucked. Oh. Yeah. Is it overtime? It's Holiday overtime? No, it wasn't because the way my work does it is like, since I go in at 9, but most of the hours I work are on Friday, they're like, oh, this is your Friday, even though I show up and it's Thanksgiving and there's nothing to do. That's a bad job. Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. You have no idea, Ryan. And yes, Too, too bad is. I need mail, damn it. <laughs> and Sparks, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great. I had a great time until somebody stiffed me for breakfast this morning. Okay, oh. I feel really bad. Oh. I want to hear the deets. <laughs> so I went home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Like I always do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sparks and I, we, we live in the same place. Yep. Well, no, actually. I used to live in the same place as Sparks currently lives. Same area. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I go home to visit my family. And you know what? Sometimes I just don't want the grief, Sparks. Did I say your name earlier? No. No. If you did, I know it paid attention. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I feel really bad. It's okay. We're here together. Yeah. We're, we're having a virtual dinner, virtual breakfast. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Sparks, no. Oh, the beef. We saw Coco together. Aw. That's sweet. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Coco's sugary. Because it's chocolate. Yeah, fair point. There fair you point. Go, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is a fair point. Chocolatey. That is a fair point. <laughs> Bread and butter. Well, no, we got, I, no, I know. I, I just I just wanted a fun hey. transition. I know we're not there. But at, let least, me have it. at least their version of Coco wasn't smoking. That's fair. Mm, um, that's true. You survived. Thank you. I'm glad you survived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we spent Thanksgiving together. I spent Thanksgiving with my family. He spent Thanksgiving with his family. Then our family. I spent it with spent a family. S- yeah, you spent <laughs> it with a family. Families all around. But you know what was really great about this Thanksgiving weekend? What? Doomsday Clock came out. Oh, guys, Doomsday Clock is I here. I forgot that it w- that it was it was happening. And then I saw like, hey, it's coming out on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night. And I'm like, oh my, it's actually here, you guys. And I was yeah. so worried. I had the so whole worried. day. I know off. you were you were you were so worried about it. And I, I'm, I'm, you were the first one of us to read it. Yeah. I walked into the store and Chris, you know, Chris, uh, I, I asked him like, yo man, how is it? And he's like, I think you're going to like it. And I'm like, that's all I wanted to hear. Thank God. <laughs> and Ben, you've not read it yet. No, no, no. I'm loading oh, you with my copy. It. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to read it first thing. Second, I get there. But man, I was, I had the whole day off Wednesday. I was like the night before I'm at work. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have the day off. I'm going to relax. I'm going to possibly. There's a long winded way of saying you haven't read it yet. Yeah. But then, <laughs> no, but then I was, then 
I sleep the whole day. I wake up at seven o'clock at night. I think, well, store's closed. Go, yeah, store's closed. Can't go get it You're now. Damn. That it. One one step closer to midnight, buddy. But it, it's your it's, fault. It's really cool because it does feel like a sequel to Watchmen. Not only be, not only because, and I, I don't want to spoil what happens in the book. Yes. Uh, because it's excellent. Uh, everyone who hasn't read it should go out and pick up a copy. Should definitely read it. Um, but uh, it, it, the format that the book is in is printed like the early Watchmen comics. Like it's got the cardstock for the cup. Oh my God, my Taco Bell's coming back. Yes, it Ooh. is. <laughs> my card stock, the card stock, and the the thin, the thin old paper that DC used to print print comics on in the eighties. It's it's fantastic. I love it. All the supplementary stuff in the back with like news articles and like uh, like dossiers on people. Uh, it feels like it it really does feel like something straight out of Watchmen, and it's something that before Watchmen did not do because those were just stories about those characters. Like yeah. it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like it was part of that world. Yeah. Sparks, I, what did you think about about uh, Doomsday Clock? Man, it was cool. It felt <laughs> like Watchmen too, dude. It's 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 Joe Johns. Obviously, he's a great writer, but like when people were saying like this is like this is gonna be <clears> his greatest <throat> work, like it's only one issue in, but like you feel if him, he could nail it, if he if he does, he is aping Alan Moore in like n- not in like a bad way, but like he is he's channeling his thought process yeah. and the way he writes like certain characters like Rorschach, who everyone knows is in that book. Yeah, um, it's it's really thought provoking. If he can really pull this story off. I believe this could be his greatest and work. It's so slow too. It is. There's nothing really like big happens, and the ending is probably my favorite part because it's just like one, it's like a quick thing, like something. There's like a nightmare, it's and something small. happens, and it's like a, it's like a little exchange of dialogue, and I'm like, what is that's that's really what does that mean for terrifying. the future? Oh my god, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it, it's truly it's truly something that I feel like uh, John's is channeling Alan Moore in a way that I feel like... I've never actually thought that Johns was a better writer than Alan Moore. I don't think many uh, people are. Right. Uh, and I will agree, even though Alan Moore and I disagree on superheroes in general. Yes. Um, but I think... But Jeff Johns has been influ- influenced by Alan Moore before. Alan Moore wrote a lot of what Jeff Johns expanded on for Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he pulls the story off, and again, it's if. I mean, he's, he's tackling a sequel to Watchmen. Yeah. Um, this could be his greatest work and if it is really good it might be better than Watchmen. Oh. It's going to be uh, one issue in there's I'm going to say there's no I'm, way I'm, we could tell. I'm just saying yeah. no it's true but the way he's talking about it the way he's yeah, yeah. Pa- so passionate about it and I will admit he doesn't always nail it nail the ending of a, yeah. of a lot of things but if he does could be really great. Um, Gee, stop hyping up, man. You're just going to make me want to take my headphones out, go in the other room, and just read yeah. the damn thing. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. We have a show Sparks, to do. Hit me, hit me with some stuff. Just, uh, tell me some. Uh, give hit me a few words. Fire away. Sparks? Wait, what? Hello? I just want to hear you talk about it some more. Like, tell me, just like, give me some of your, your, your inner thoughts your on it. Your sultry tone. I, I can't. I, anything I'd want to say right now, I'd be spoiling for Ben. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't spoil yeah. for I guess me. that's true. And, and for people who haven't read it, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Guys, so, Watchmen should definitely because, read it. Because I did, say, I did say something to Brandon that Brandon was like, oh, I didn't think of it that way about yes. the end of the issue. And I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll tell you okay. after we record. Yeah, this. so Doomsday Clock, that is definitely something you should get this week. You know yeah, what's definitely. A- if, you haven't, if you haven't picked it up yet, go pick it up. Every retail has reported Doomsday Clock number one as their best-selling title of the week. It's it's selling like gangbusters, yeah. thank God. So hopefully it's, you're a comic book store. Local, always support local comic book stores. Yes. I will always say this. Um, go in, buy Doomsday Clock. You will not regret it, I guarantee It's 12 you. issues. Yeah. It's one a month. It's going to be a really long year. Hey, uh, Brandon. Oh, man. You know what's uh, one thing you should not have gotten this Black Friday? Which what? I'm glad you didn't. What? Battlefront 2. Oh, dude, 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 dude. Yeah. So, uh, f- Ryan, you finished what? the campaign. You and I were playing uh, on Battlefront yes. 2. Sparks, have you have you yeah. played the campaign yet? Sparks, have you finished it? I've, I've played it, but I haven't finished it. Okay, well, okay. you probably played like half of it because it's not very long. <laughs> it's, it's not. 
So, <coughs> Ryan, you finally finished the campaign. I finished the campaign. I want to punch the head of EA in the face for ending it the way it did. Uh, well, I, no, no, let's not do spoilers. No, but of course no, not. no, 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 no spoilers. No, so just the whole. I think if you've been following this game, like not the multiplayer stuff, like that, all that's a bunch of shit. It's all bad. It's all bad. But well, we, a game, lot of people, the gameplay's fine. Yeah, gameplay's fine. Everyone was going in this game for the single player because it's a, a story we haven't seen before, like on a big scale. It's like the side of the empire. Like you play yeah. as Iden, who is a stone cold killer for the empire. Like mm-hmm. her dad is the commander of the empire. Like she's she bla- is, she's essentially M- imperial black ops. Yeah, she's a she's like spec ops, absolutely. Yeah, and the first hour of the game, it's doing all that, and you're being a badass. And I'm like, man, this is dope. This is super cool. And then this the game progresses, and things change, and there's things that I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I didn't want this game to be. And it straight up just turns into like. Just super, super generic and, and all the tropes and are very there. tropey and cliche and it like ends and I'm like, wow, this was a very much a Star Wars game, but this is not the Star Wars game that I was promised. No, sure. Well, I kind of figured that's what Battlefront One was. Yeah, almost. Yeah, because yeah. the, the first one didn't have any single player at all. The original Battlefront, Battlefront <coughs> Two, the old school, the PS2 that's and the Xbox, those are they have the title of the best selling Star Wars game and they're worth it because you play as all the sides of both wars. You could, there is a solo, there's a single player. There's Galactic Conquest where you can do both um, single and it's multiplayer. It's like a strategy game inside. The, yeah, uh, and there's even shooter. online. It's yeah. It was a couch co-op game, but you could take it online, even though back then online wasn't that good. Battlefront, the new one, uh, the 2015 version, was just straight online multiplayer, which it's not bad. I, st- I like there online. There was not multi- a lot of content at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, it was yeah. Star Wars Call of Duty, and this one is Star Wars Call of Duty Refine a little bit, but we also it does got not loop- play as well as Call of Duty does. Yeah, but we also got loot boxes which have everyone up in arms, and the microtransactions. Everyone else is up to arms. Well, Pay to win. Everyone's up in arms. They've fixed all that bullshit mostly. Well, they they got rid of it for now. Yeah. They're gonna bring it back eventually. The thing the thing about the progression system is. It is, it's it's stupid, and it's all loot boxing. It's like, oh, increase your accuracy by 2.5%. Or, oh, your TIE Fighter, this uh, ability charges faster. It's like all this stuff, and it's like, this is so unconsequential to this game. Like, yeah. it's, it's fun because it's Star Wars, and it looks good, it sounds good, but like, I feel like I got Battlefront 1 again. Yeah. And, like, I, and I'm just like, uh, I was so not ready yeah, for this. Yeah, Ryan and I were playing last night, and we were having fun. Yeah. I mean, in the heat of the moment, it's it's good. Even today, Sparks was like, "Hey, you want to play Battlefront today?" And sorry, Sparks, I was watching Runaways, so I couldn't play with you. But I will play with you eventually. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Your shirt matches your hat. Yes. Are you just not I noticed that Taco this? Bell? Yeah. Yeah. He's playing for two people. Oh my god. Thanks, Weird. thanks for derailing, Brandon. With sorry. things the audience can't see. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm Sparks, wearing it. You I'm, also. Uh, sorry. Continue, you continue, so to give the audience some actual to paint the picture with words, I'm wearing an NES controller hat and an NES controller shirt. There. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. So Sparks, uh, you also sent me an invite, but I was sleeping because I stayed up till like six in the morning. Sorry. That's uh, cool. We could we could play later, but uh, uh, I think the multiplayer. If you're just going in for a fun casual experience, like it's it is fun. It is. Uh, but I do want to get your take on it because you have played a little bit. Yeah. That's his take. I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like it's fine. Like it hasn't bothered me yet, but I, I guess I have to wait for the end of the campaign for it to bother me. Uh, have you played the multiplayer at all? Uh, only a little. Okay. Um, not. I haven't spent a ton of time on it, but I mean, like, it's just slightly prettier Battlefront with new maps. Yeah. Yeah. The maps look real good. Like they definitely. They do. They look porn. really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And also, you get to fight throughout the entire the, the Clone Wars, Galactic Civil, and even the uh, <clears throat> new stuff, which you weren't in the Battlefront One. It was just Galactic Civil War. Uh, it's, I, you had Jakku. Yeah, I uh, love Feed. I do too. I, uh, oh, Feed's beautiful. Camino is gorgeous, man. 
Yeah, it is. Man, um, I I think it's a, a complete missed opportunity that they made every single droid look exactly the same. Yeah. Are you kidding me with that? There's That's so lame. And like, where are the droidicas? Come on. How do you, that's like the coolest thing. There's no droidicas? No. no. Every single no, there's class. No, there's no droidicas. Every single class of droid is just, they're all the exact same skinny troopers. Just a, Well, there's just a different gun. Yeah, it's, it's. That's upsetting. It's super. You could play as droidicas in the original. Yeah. yeah, you could. Yeah, and there's like no Grievous. Like, why would you, like, oh. yeah, give us, give us Greedo no, no. or whatever. Grievous is DLC. At least it'll be free. He's probably going to be DLC. At least it'll be free. Yeah, hey, uh, I was really excited for this game, and it it bums me out. <laughs> I feel bad because Fanny bought this for me for my birthday, and she paid for like the Super Trooper oh, Deluxe the Edition. The $90. Bananas for, edition. She got me the $90 edition. I feel really bad. Yeah. She plays it too, so at hey, least... Hey, guys, don't support big anarchy. Don't do not don't do it like we do. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, please don't. We suffer, so you don't have to. <laughs> Very quickly, I bought Wolf of Science 2 because it was on sale, and Wolf of Science 2 might be my favorite game of the year. Nice. It is so in-depth, and there aren't many first-person shooters that, that tackle racism and 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 hope and like uh, like leading a rebel. This is almost like the the Star Wars game I wanted because like it's tackling like ta- taking down the Empire, but in such a gritty and dark way. And the characters are so believable. And I never thought B.J. Blazkowicz, who was just a stupid, dumb, sh- uh, uh, nameless guy in the first game, is like the most impactful, like tr- like uh, uh, sympathetic hero of the year. Like it's it's such an incredible game. Brian, did you, did you hear that somewhere some guy was trying to? Get Wolfenstein two like toned down a little bit because of the you got to kill so many Nazis. I heard um that's the that's so dumb. It is. It really really is. Guys, it shouldn't. Real quick political stance. Nazis are bad. They oh, are. Yes. That shouldn't be a political stance we have to take in this, I know. In this century. Anyway, yeah. I think we've anyway, covered yeah. Battlefront yeah, two we pretty did. well. We got a lot to get into. Bread and butter time. Taco Bell. Um, you know Taco Bell doesn't sell bread and butter, buddy. Not yet. Bread and butter, buddy. Bread and butter, buddy. <laughs> So, some comic book news that sh- is sure to excite uh, Ben Magnet over here. Yes. Uh, Sons of Anarchy creator Kurt Sutter oh. is returning to comic books Ooh. in 2018 with a book, Lucas Stand and Her Demons. And this is a book that came out already. Oh, not this one in particular, but Lucas Stand is a book that came out, I believe, last year. Uh, certainly one also, of Sisters of Sorrow, which is a, a Nuns of Vengeance book. <laughs> which apparently is not very good, no. you told me. No. Um, so, apparently, he's bringing the creative team of the original... 16 series, so it was there last year. Um, it's a four issue miniseries and it's going to be co written by Sutter, uh, Caitlin Kittredge, and uh, Jesus Hervas. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to apologize right there. You're the name guy. As the illustrator, uh, Boom Studios obviously put out Lucas Stand. Uh, the solicitation kind of uh, reads A military veteran brought back to life by a dark angel and forced to hunt escaped demons throughout different eras in time. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Comes out in February. Yeah, right. th- this sounds like a realm Sutter would definitely. I was, take. I was really about to say that sounds like something he would write. Yeah. yeah. Lucas just... Stand is a book that kind of went under my radar. I heard some good things about the first mm-hmm. series. Uh, did you read it, Ben? No, actually, the only um, Kurt Sutter stuff I know about is his television stuff. His obviously Sons of Anarchy, which was his main claim to fame, and even the so very awesome. short-lived show um, Bastard Executioner, which was his follow-up to SOA, which I actually really enjoyed. But apparently, I don't even know what that show is. It was um it was it, it was set in Wales during the after right after the Crusades during oh, the 1500s. That sounds cool. It was like um the Game of Thrones but not HBO Game of Thrones. Oh, so lower budget. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Lower budget, but it was a really good show. It was I really enjoyed it. I was I liked it, but I'm actually just curious to see what his comic book stuff is. I mean, I'm sad to <clears> say <throat> that his uh, nun one isn't that good, but I think it's Sisters of Sorrow is a dope name. They're they're killer yeah. nuns in the Hitman franchise too, so I'm I'm kind of oh, into cool. it. That does sound like kind a dope. Into it. That sounds dope. 
But being uh, a big fan of Sons of Anarchy, I'm interested to see what this is. Yeah, you'll read this probably. Most likely. What about you, Sparks? Will you read this? Did you did you ever see Sons of Anarchy? Uh, yeah, I've seen some of it. Um, some of uh, Anarchy. <laughs> I. Okay. Oh, boom. I okay. might pick this up if I hear good things. If I hear good things about it, I'll pick up the first volume or whatever it is, mm. the original Lucas stand. I'll see. Yeah. Um. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Mark Millar was in the news this past week. Uh, after a while being silent, it looks like he's finally coming out pretty big with Millar World. Or Miller World or whatever. I don't care how you pronounce However, his last name. It's, it's There's we always a. say Miller and Miller. I'm pretty sure it's Miller. It's I'm, both. I'm, he said both. He oh, said it both he ways. Himself, that's some bitch. <laughs> right? Come on, man. Just pick one, damn it. I know there's an A where the E is supposed to be. Are you like the B or are you not like the B or tell us? Well, anyway. Uh, so last last time we talked about him, he was coming out with a pretty cool new comic book. This time he's coming. He's reviving Hit Girl and Kick-Ass in oh. unique ways. Uh Kind of spoilers for the last Kick-Ass book. Do you, should I spoil the end of the I last we'll Kick-Ass okay book? I think we'll be okay if we spoil it. All right. Well, Kick-Ass dies. Um, uh, and it's kind of it's revealed to be that maybe the whole thing was a dream and maybe all of the Miller world is a dream. I hate that's the, oh, that's yeah, the trope I hate really the most weird. in life. That's cop-out right there. That's just, no. But anyway, but also maybe it's not. It was kind of left open-ended. Let's oh. just not. Because he's also, he's coming back with a new book, Kick-Ass, The New Girl. Which is going to be a African American mother uh, taking on the mantle of kick ass. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I saw the cover. I, it looked pretty cool. I'm yeah, the solicitation reads, and it's from Romina Jr., Mark Miller writing, it's going to be an ongoing series, which uh, marks a distinct difference from his normal uh, routine. Normally they're just minis. Mm-hmm. What's the last ongoing he's done? Bur- uh, not, but not Birthright. Uh, what's a, uh, uh, Reborn? No, not ongoing. Not ongoing? Six issues. Hmm. I'm sure it's certainly something. been a while. Yeah. Uh, outside of a superhero work, I'm not too sure I know I know what that is. Uh, but apparently, being uh, apparently, Jesus, <laughs> this is a solicitation. Uh, being older or younger, of, or female or African American, just seems more interesting to me as a writer. Because, uh, sorry, this is his quote. Uh, I don't know why I said solicitation. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so late. I had a long drive. Uh, because this character is quite unique and opens up story possibilities that hasn't been tried in almost 80 years of superhero fiction. So that's kind of cool. He wants to he wants to kind of explore a new avenue with this new Kick-Ass series. He's she's a mom. She's African American. It's kind of a whole new thing, and it's not a dream anymore. <laughs> Apparently, it was all a dream. Um, but also, oh, Hit Girl is coming back in a new ongoing series. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Hit Girl. This this one actually does have a solicitation. Hit Girl is back. The pint-sized Punisher meets Polly Pocket has left America. <laughs> has accurate. Has left America behind and set off to serve justice around the world. First stop, Bogota. Columbia. No, Columbia. Bogota is in Colombia. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, it's just says Colombia. I know, I know. I I took a guess and it was the right guess. That's oh. weird. A mother seeking. Oh, I was just ready to say no to whatever you said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a mother seeking vengeance for the murder of her child and this hit girl to destroy his killer. But Mindy has bigger plans for Colombia's most feared hitman. Launching February 2018, Mark Millar will write the first. Wait, her name's Hit Girl. Yeah. Hitman. Oh no! Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. So the uh, so this will be Mark Millar writing the first arc, first major arc to kick off the series, and Kevin Smith will write the second arc. Uh, oh. The Kevin Smith. The Kevin Smith. Oh really? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yeah. I'm totally down uh, to read more Kickass stuff. I didn't read Kickass too. Mm, you sh- no. <laughs> so maybe I'll just pick it up after this. I'll pick Look, it up. Kick-Ass 1, truthfully, I think the movie's better. Kick-Ass 1's I still, fine. I still think that's a good book. Yeah. I think it's a fun, good book. 
That uh, movie's really good, though. It was really good. Hell yeah. Kick-Ass 2 and 3, just, all right, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah these both look really cool. It's interesting that he's going the ongoing route. Uh, all that Netflix money must be paying off. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> did we, we did the announcement where he, there's like a new comic that he's doing with. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was, that was last week. Yeah. yeah. Making sure. Yeah. Uh, he's busy. Last week or week before. It was a while ago. He's a busy boy. Will you pick these up, Sparks? You haven't, you haven't spoken in a little bit. Uh, I miss your voice. I would have to, I would have to really get into the kick-ass comics, which I have yet to do. Sure. Yeah. I would assume this is a a good jumping on point if you want, like if you know the movies well enough. Probably. Like, because if it's if it's a dream or whatever, then this is just its own separate thing. Right. Like an alternate universe almost. How old is Mindy now? See, I, that's what I think. If if if, if they're still calling her a girl, is she still going to be a teenager? She must be. Because she was like, I would say she's like a freshman in high school. Yeah. So like, it'd be cool if they see her, if they see her like grown up like ten years later, but I don't think they are. Man, they could not do another kick-ass movie. Chloe Grace Moritz got so tall. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they if they just make her like five years older, maybe mm, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's the tall. She's taller than Aaron Taylor Johnson. Ooh, spicy. Ooh. Uh, also, the second movie they kind of hinted at a romance between the two of them. Not no, okay. No, not okay. No, no. She wait a second. Well, no. no, he's also a teenager though, right? Oh, fair. He's point. in high school, and even though mo- he's like forty nine in real life. <laughs> in the movie, he was a teenager. Yes, because he was still in high school. Yeah. Right, and, and she just got to high school. So it's still weird. Yes, it's still weird. Yeah. Anyway, so Image Comics is debut is going to have a documentary about them. That's uh, pretty cool. Image Imagine. Comics is pretty great. No, oh. uh, it's called So Much Damage: How Image Comics Changed the World. A five-part documentary from Sci-Fi, uh, from Sci-Fi Wire specifically. Um, the description reads: Very few publishing tales can match the sheer craziness of Image Comics' rise, fall, and comeback. Over the past quarter of a century. Founded in 1992 by some of the industry's best-known writers and artists, including Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, and Rob Liefeld, the company enjoyed unprecedented initial success, but then stumbled before returning to winning ways in recent years thanks to a slew of new titles, most notably Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. All five episodes of So Much Damage premiere on the official Sci-Fi website November 20th exclusively. Watch a first look. It's out? There's a first look teaser out. November 20th. It's oh, okay. Cool. So oh, it yeah. came out this last week. Oh, sweet. I'm going to watch that then. What day are we? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know anymore. We're only the 26th. It's the 25th. 25th. Man, this this podcast episode is a train wreck. It's a great train wreck. Point point that people, love, people love train wrecks, right? No, it is the 26th. I love, unbreak- oh, I love Unbreakable. What? Because there's a train wreck in Unbreakable. I haven't seen oh. Unbreakable. Oh, spoilers. It's, begins, it's the beginning of the movie. <laughs> is that the, M- is is that the, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Sure where Samuel is. Jackson the sequel's is filming right now. What's up, Mr. Glass? Yeah, he's the one with, he's the guy in the wheelchair, Samuel Jackson. Speaking of store. wheelchairs, I'm definitely going to watch this image documentary. Yeah, this like, I'm going to watch it like tomorrow. I, I saw the out. first look. It's awesome. Um, um, they talk about, they get all the people talking about how image was like the hot new thing. And they, man, you're going to get a kick out of this. Yeah. They talk about, all the, man, we bought hundreds of copies of Young Bloods and, <gasps> and Wildcats. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you idiots. Yeah. If I could go back in time and tell you how worthless those all are. Just, just get Spawn and um, walk away. Just Spawn. Spawn is worth $5. What? Yeah. Issue number um, one is Spawn. Is yes, five it's bucks. worth nothing. Um, Never mind. Did, wasn't there, was the authority, uh, was that? Was that? I'm trying to think. What's what's? I what's think the, that was what's the, wild, a Wildstorm. Wildstorm isn't Wildstorm Image? Wasn't that originally? Oh, it w- did start as an image imprint, and then DC yeah. bought it. But I think by the time it was on, it was Authority. It was with DC because it's like it's like a subsection of that. Yeah, right? I think so. Uh, interesting. Because Jim Lee went over to DC, and I think brought with them Wildstorm. Uh, Sparks, have you watched this? Are you going to watch it? Uh, I might. It sounds interesting. I'm like half of what I read now is is image. So like I feel like obliged. Like. 
sucks. I'm like, my father company. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you come from? Wildcats, no. <laughs> Young Bloods, Wildcats, no, stop. You're killing me. They, um, <laughs> Wildstorm, they tried to bring all those characters back, like Grifter and Grifter. They tried real hard Wait, and it didn't work. They tried twice. Gr- Grifter was a, a um, image book first. It was like a Wildstorm character. It was a Wildstorm character. He's like the dude with the red bandana. Yeah, 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 but he's in DC now. Yeah. Well, no, so what happened was Jim Lee started Wildstorm as a subsection of Image, I uh-huh. believe. Yeah, it's like it's like that is like his own universe. Yeah, and okay. then when he moved to DC, when he was hired by DC as exclusively, he brought with him Wildstorm. And uh, oh. it was it was uh, Flashpoint in the New Fifty Two when they merged yes. all the stuff together. So there was like a, a, a Wildstorm book and like a Grifter. So that's <laughs> why Grif- so that's why Grifter showed up in uh, Flashpoint. Yes, and Future's End. Anyway, I'm definitely gonna watch this. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I love Image. I still uh, need to watch Batman, Bill. Oh, I know, I know. It's once again documentary <laughs> backlog, huge. We but, should actually do an episode on comic book documentaries. I think that'd be fun. That'd be oh, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be down. Um, so apparently, Denis Villeneuve is a, in uh, a little bit of denial about the oh no uh, financial Villeneuve. <laughs> Jesus, I know <laughs> about the that financial joke. failure of. Blade Runner 2049. Ryan, that joke wrote itself and you delivered it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, we all liked the film. We reviewed it very positively. I, oh, yeah. It's my in my top five for sure this year. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. It is. If I have for to me. say, this is the most underrated movie this year. Well, I think people well, like it. It's just, yeah. no, no, no. That's Justice it. League. God. Uh, <laughs> that's the most underrated. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, Denis Villeneuve has talked about, uh, I'm, I said, I'm still digesting it. We had the best critics' reviews. I've never had a movie welcome like that. At the same time, the box office in the United States was a disappointment. That's true, because these movies are expensive. It will st- it will still make tons of money, but not enough. I think because maybe people were not familiar enough with the universe and the fact that the movie's long, two hours and 44 minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's still a mystery to me. I make movies. I don't sell them. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and he says that he is at peace with the fact that the hardcore fans that love the first movie really welcomed this one, adding... That for me means the world. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. So yeah, yeah. Um, this is the first time one of his movies hasn't like made a bunch of money, uh, and like Arrival I, was a huge success. Yeah, uh, and it had a big budget, but it was pretty modest still. Um, and I made the joke, but like he's he's like kind of like in a mild denial, just like he doesn't like realize like oh it's all these different things I think, but I'm just like yo dude, it's the exact same situation Blade Runner was in 30 years ago. It's a high fan or high concept, really expensive sci-fi movie that doesn't market to a lot of regular people, and that's exactly what he made now, but with an Avengers level budget. Right. So like he, he is right, like he got the critics, he got oh, he has like 100 percent basically in Rotten Tomatoes almost. Like that movie is a certified hit. It's going to be remembered for a long time. Just no, the regular people didn't see it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just going to take a little while for it to catch legs, just like the first one. Yeah. I believe yeah. that the film will do very well in DVD. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. even myself, as a new Blade Runner fan, someone who has never seen the, of the original Blade Runner. Who Give was, me my DVD back. Yeah, yeah we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> it's still, it is safe. It I'm is. Kidding, it, it's, it's safe. It's safe. I know. Um, I was literally forced, like, for, like it was like that scene in Clockwork Orange where I had to for, well, was forced to watch the original Blade Runner before he went and saw 2049. I don't recall this, but okay. <laughs> no, I, I made sure. I was behind him with my hands. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Did was, you open the blinds to his bedroom <laughs> so that he couldn't see a thing? Oh, right. I forgot. I barely <laughs> watched damn the movie. <laughs> yeah, my room has the worst freaking glare in the world. But then we went and saw 2049. I was like, I understand this. I can get what's going on. Oh, like, the whole thing just hit me like a truck, and it was awesome. A robot truck. Yeah. What do you think, Sparks? What do you think about this? Do you think it's going to do well on DVD? I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it's received over time. Yeah. In 30 years, we may get another one. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely buying 2049. Old man Ryan Gosling. 
I'm definitely I'm buying 2049 when it comes out on a Blu-ray. Yeah. De- definitely. Yep. I think that I'll, I'll make my I, exception. I really hope that they do something similar to what they did with Tron Legacy, where uh, they put the original Tron on the Blu-ray DVD. Oh, yeah. On Blu-ray. You have like the classic and then the... I'm sure the they'll do so I kind of cool. hope that, that, that would be kind of cool. Two discs. Because I'd, like I'd like to have a copy. Oh, of I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Then I could finally give Ryan his DVD back. But man, nothing will ever beat that five disc Blade Runner thing. That's I got. true. Oh, that's oh, man. Five, no, the Ultimate Collection, which has all those discs of Blade Runner and then twenty four eighty nine. That'd be dope. So moving on, executive producer David Heyman, who Ooh. is uh, who has been part of the Harry Potter franchise for a while now. Harry Potter, and was talked about the new Fantastic Beast, the Crimes of Grindelwald. <sighs> I don't want to find these beasts anymore, to be honest. Just, just, just if I'm being it. real, oh, there's only one movie out, and we're already done. It's I, like I okay, it's either you find the stupid monsters or you go arrest Grindelwald. You can't do both. Well, so apparently he's talking. You don't need the synergy with the first movie. No, call it something else. Anyway, Crimes, Wizarding World, Crimes of Grindelwald. Boom. Nope, that's even stupid. Crimes of Johnny. You Depp. actually made a stupider title. <laughs> okay. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, so he was quoted as saying, "We delve deeper into Joe's Wizarding World. We're in Paris. We're in London and New York." The world is expanding. As you can tell from the image, we're following quite a few characters. The new film has a very different feel than the first. It's got a thriller quality. And it's also a, a story thriller. about... Right. And it's also a story about love and passion in all its forms. Paternal, romantic, political... What? What? And it's just a thrilling and very fun thrilling. adventure. We took all we've learned from one and just expanded that and created a richer deeper and more thrilling film which, thrilling. which which I'm excited to be a part of and then he went on to praise David Yates who you know I was he thrilling do not <laughs> hey Brandon cinematically it's more dynamic the camera is more alive and much more immersive it has more contemporary cinematic approach what I is he talking bull. about I call bull <laughs> so what is he even okay, saying so, hold up I, first of all first of all I have to say this Take a shot whenever Brandon says thrilling. Hey, d- blame him. Blame blame the writer. Blame David Heyman. So, um, Producer, by the way. <laughs> so that first movie was pretty dark. It was pretty thrilling, I thought. <laughs> I thought Shot. it was no, I thought it was like, you know, it had its intense moments and like you have that giant crazy whatever the fuck the hell sure, that was. Yeah. yeah, whatever. I would consider like not to use the word, but like it was I would consider it a thrilling movie. So Shot. if it's gonna be the first movie, but more of that, I don't want that. I don't want that. No. I want happiness. I uh, I look I get it. If you're doing the story, I, this is a story I love. It feels I, like BVS. I said this <laughs> no, last. No. I said this last time we talked about this movie. It's a story I love. I love the story between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Yep. But yeah. you have already started it as a Newt's Commander story, and then you decided to do a heel turn when you realize that there is no story Dude, there. I'm not joking. This is a, this is the exact same comparison to Man of Steel and BVS. So Man of Steel didn't work, so they bring in Batman. They yeah. bring in they bring in Albus and Grindelwald to hyping it up. It's the same company. And it's the same company, and it's going to be this dark civil war between these two. It's going to be A versus G. So what they decided A versus G. Albus A- versus Grindelwald. Oh god, AVG. So what they decided <laughs> is like. <laughs> so what they decided is like, hey, you know what? The first time the darkness and the 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 monsters thing, hey, that didn't work. Let's double, triple, and quadruple down, make it even darker, uh, and then next film. It's like you know the Flash like, is in it again. So like that dumb that dumb nonsense is in there. <laughs> it's right. it's kind of like how Zack Snyder after after Man of Steel, he was like, oh, you guys don't like the destruction? Double down. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like you're at the blackjack table and you're dealt a horrible hand. And it's like you know what? I'm gonna double down anyways. It's just I don't know. Everything he said here is dumb. Yeah, he he literally said nothing. All of us could not stop laughing. Hey, Even Sparks is over there calling bolts. Remember so that first movie? We're gonna do more of it and harder. <laughs> Sparks, give us your opinion. On a scale on this. of zero to negative it's so ten. So thrilling, and David Yates is. How amazing. thrilled are you for the sequel? Two shots. Uh, uh, 
right? Uh, is this going to be our new Justice League? Because <laughs> oh, Justice League is over. We need something to be mad at now. <laughs> I, I just, oh, yeah. I just, I, I don't know who this is for anymore. Neither do I. Did Fantastic Beasts like? I know it probably didn't make like Harry Potter money, but was it successful? I'm, I'm, I'm it, assuming it's successful it made, enough. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, it, was, it, it was, but I mean, there were a lot of it. It, it died out quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, yeah. is the core like, demographic strong enough where they can just keep making these and they'll just it's fine? I think the I think the core demographic of the Harry Potter fans, the ones who are our age, are smart enough to realize. And I get it. I know a couple of Potterheads who are just like, "This is perfect. Everything." I know. I, I know. Is perfect. Too, yeah. Um. Uh. I feel like even they are smart enough to realize if another maybe if after the third one, if it's still the same thing, they're going to be like, "I don't know if I care about this actually." Yeah. I I was um. Uh, Instagram messaging one of my old friends from Texas, and she she loves Harry Potter more than anyone I know. And uh, I just asked her, "Hey, what do you think about Crimes of Grindelwald?" And she was like, "Ugh, Johnny Depp." And I was like, "Okay, I'm definitely not the only person who thinks that." And if she's like a regular person who loves Harry Potter and thinks that, I'm like, I'm sure a lot of people are, don't like. I think it. we've said this before. Johnny Depp does not have the star power he used to. Yeah. No. And I just, I just, I don't want him to be a focus of this movie. His name is in the title. He's a focus of the movie. I don't want. He just, he just doesn't fit Grindelwald. No, no he really doesn't. God, just bring back Colin Farrell. He's so good. <laughs> I think Colin yeah. Farrell fits Grindelwald way more. So good. I just, he was a terrible choice for for Grindelwald, um, and he was he was the he. he this ha- had a very different reaction, but. Doctor Strange, when they cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, I was like, that's easy. I don't know if I like that. It's because, almost like safe. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a safe choice. I ten- I ended up really liking this movie. Yeah. The opposite happened with Johnny Depp. Oh, that's the easy choice. He's a, he's a huge named Did actor. Did we review that? Or were we even we a reviewed. podcast? Because my memory's bad. But we like, reviewed I still Beast. remember. Oh, like, I remember us reviewing Fantastic I still remember Beast. like when it's revealed and like Johnny Depp has a stupid eyes and his haircut. I'm like, wow, this movie just went from like a seven to like a two. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> Brand- I remember Brandon a- specifically saying... There was no reason for um, Newt Scamander to do the Revelio uh, yeah. charm. No reason. No reason at all. What up, Sparks? It's it's really it's really a shame that Heath Ledger has passed on because he would obviously be the recast for Grindelwald. F- I really hate that if you just nobody, said that. If nobody's following me on this, it's because in Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus yeah. was being made, Heath Ledger passed away, and Colin Farrell, Jude Law, and Johnny Depp all replaced his character. Wow, that's that's right. I remember that. Wow. That's right. That's, that's and now all three of them have been attached to Fantastic Beasts. That's hilarious. That's Man, crazy. that would have been great. The more I think about it, Heath Ledger would have been perfect Man. for Grindelwald. Now I'm really bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Heath. That's great. All right, well, that's enough of that. Yeah, I don't want to find these pieces. <laughs> Neither do I. Just let them roam. Let them roam Lock free. After we, started, after we stopped recording last week, Recall and Time dropped the new trailer. Ooh. What did we all think? One, it did the thing where it has a, a, a famous song that turns it into like a slow operatic version. Every trailer does it. I'm done with it. You're done with that? It's, I'm done with that, but it's a good trailer. <laughs> every every big blockbuster movie Every single one has like oh, a like slow, melancholy. Oh, sweet dreams are made yeah. of cheese. All of them do it. Yeah, I said cheese. All right. <laughs> Visually stunning. Sparks, you're very excited about this movie, I'm, I'm sure. I, I am. I'm a very big fan of the book, and if you've ever read the book, it, it deals with uh, concepts that are really, really hard to translate to film, and this trailer showed more of, of what I've been nervous about, which is it looks like they might get as close to it as I think you can on film. Because if, if you've read the book, it's it's so conceptual. It's, it's very hard to... It is the kind of thing where when you read it, it's whatever you imagine 
to create in that space. It's very hard to create that in a way where everyone could could recognize what they're going for. Um, um, but the film, but the film looks like it's really pushing some boundaries to try and get across those ideas. So my question is: is is this supposed to be like magical or or science, or is it actually like a mix of both? Because like they're talking about time, like like you know time travel almost with like you know that kind of stuff. So so it's it's. It's the answer is kind of like the Thor answer, where science and magic are That's the same thing. That's what's my going to be my response. Like, is it? Or, yeah, okay. it's kind of it's kind of the science and magic are the That's same. Cool, thing. That's cool. Then. That's cool. Uh, the main character's father he he kind of discovers this this bridge from science into magic, and that's how he gets lost. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I thought the oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. no actually, um, Sparks the book is it? Pre- how thick is it? Is it like Game of Thrones thick, or is it like I could? It's a, a Hobbit. <laughs> The the first book, which is a wrinkle in time, is only about three hundred something pages, um, but the, it's part of like a five book series. But you only need to read the first one to get a story. It's okay. not like there's a. It's not like there are more books written in that universe involving these characters, but there's no like the book ends in wrinkle of time. There is no like oh, you've got to go and find out what happened next. Like, they didn't resolve the... They, it's a self-contained story, as are all the other parts of the series. So I can go to my library, check out Wrinkle of Time, and then I'm good. Man, that's so cool. You never yes. see that anymore. What? Just, like, standalone? Just standalone yeah. stories set within the universe. How long ago was Wrinkle of Time written? Ooh, it, I don't know that. Is it old answer. or is it new? It's, it's decently old oh, okay. now. Gotcha. Um, it's not, like, insane. It, it's definitely, like, earlier along in the 1900s. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought, um, yeah, the trailer itself, like, because it's it has a trailer that has to sell, it kind of felt like visually, it's visually, it's really nice, but like, if it, it felt kind of like a generic trailer, like, like, you know, oh, you're, you're the destined one to fight the evil. Like it kind of did like that thing. And I know it's a lot deeper than that, but like they got to sell a movie. So during the trailer, I'm like, all right, this looks like a, like a cool summer blockbuster, but like, I know it's going to be more than that, but this trailer didn't like wow me, but I'm like, it looks really cool. Yeah. And I know since you're telling right. me it'll be cooler than that, I'm like, I have, I have faith in it. Well, I'm hoping. That's the thing. Is like I wasn't looking at that stuff because you're right. It was there. And they lay it on thicker than the book does, yeah. which bothered me a little. But I wasn't looking at that. I was looking at all the like visuals and the world around the characters because that's that's what's going to matter to me because it's high, high, high concept. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to wrap your head around. It, I mean, uh, I'm into it. 1962. Okay. Uh, all right, let's try and get through the rest of the stuff pretty, fairly quickly. Boop. Um, Boop. So Damon Lindelof has talked about Watchmen, the TV 45 series. 45 minutes. Let's do it now. now. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Watchmen TV series. Uh, it's not officially greenlit from HBO. However, they did, we talked about they have done a, they have ordered a pilot from him. They're working on the pilot. Um, he says, the reason I'm doing this is because there are dangerous times and we need dangerous shows. What we think about superheroes is wrong. I'm all for Wonder Woman and Batman. Noting that while he loves these superheroes, he quotes, we should not trust people who put on masks and say they are looking out for us. If you hide your face, you are up to no good. The greatest writer in the history of comics, uh, he's talking about Alan Moore now. Hell yeah, he is. Uh, comics, maybe one of the greatest writers of all time. Hell and yeah, he most he certainly doesn't want us to be doing this, and we're trying to find a way to do it that honors him. He's talking about doing this adaptation. Uh, the comic was written in the mid-80s. It is more timely now in 2018, 2019, whenever the show airs, if it airs, that it needs to be told for a superhero junkie 
I've never done a superhero movie or a superhero TV show, and now it's time. This quote has made me so excited. Now, mind you, I I can actually vouch for his nerd cred. He shopped at the store I worked at. Frequently, I've talked to him. I've talked to his daughter. He's a super nice guy. Um, But he buys stacks of superhero books. He loves them. He does love them. Yeah. I'm I'm just uh, I have so much faith in this guy after the leftovers because that is such an intense, powerful, real emotional show. And he the thing he's saying that that Watchmen book is so relatable now because like what happened to the American dream and it's about it's a guy killing people saying you're looking at it like that book works now and and they're definitely gonna put a uh, like a modern sensibility twist on it. It's still gonna take place in the eighties, but like I I th- I think he has the right approach to it and he's it reminds me of Batman White Knight. And it's all about Joker going after Batman because it's a dude in a mask and you don't trust people in masks. Like, that's right. If we had a real person in a mask, would we not go after him, you think? There's quite a few people who dressed up as Batman. And <laughs> those <laughs> people, yeah, and they all get in jail. They're, <laughs> They're all crazy. <laughs> They're all crazy, exactly. So I'm I'm really, really excited that this is going to be an actual series and we're going to get in-depth eps, uh, stuff with Rorschach and Comedian. Like, get really in-depth with those characters and see how flawed and crazy yeah. they are. Adapt before Watchmen. <sighs> they're gonna. They are going to adapt it. I think. Um, I would. I would imagine that some of the stories before Watchmen all they that would stuff, incorporate, and yeah. they will make it better for it. Hopefully, there's some good before Watchmen stuff. I sure, think and there's also do. some not good ones. There's a lot of not good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I am really looking. For, if this does become Greenland and becomes an actual thing, and they decide to do before Watchmen and then go into Watchmen, I'm all for it. Because there have there are I have some before Watchmen books that at first I think, oh, okay, this is good. I look back on them. No, this is this is trash. Why did I waste Rorschach my money? Mini is not good. I'm glad I never picked up my, that Rorschach mini. The Minutemen really like stuff. The, the Minutemen one is the best one. The Minutemen one was really, really good. I really, I loved the Minutemen one. Silk Spectre was okay. But just getting to Watchmen itself, just seeing the episodic uh, version of that, because you guys know, I love the film. I really do. I like it. I'm If this yeah. becomes a thing, I'm all for it. I'm ready to watch it. What about you, Sparks? Uh, I'm not sold yet. I'm yeah. still mixed. Yeah. You're mixed about how it... You know, we're not too sure if this I, is required. I'm, not, I'm still, I'm still just not entirely convinced this is necessary. Oh, sure. Apple. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Barring that, I think we're all kind of in agreement. We're just like, eh, maybe not do this. But I like what he said. Honestly, I think he's saying the right things, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I yes, Damon Lindelof has said nice things before and and put out. Oh, he's definitely words. Star Trek in the Dark. He's definitely, he's definitely hit or miss. But like, judging from the leftovers, man, like he knows how to hit an emotional punch really well and lost man lost is an, an amazing show amazing show and like i i taking it from someone who has not seen it i heard the ending was not good i'm kidding no, i don't want no, to get it into is, that no argument. i it is bad no absolutely there's a lot of great shows with bad endings right it's hard to end shows i i know yeah. i'm lost no yeah all right well I mean, that's interesting stuff you I'm know what's incredibly it. interesting is harley quinn is getting an animated television series <sighs> what after uh on what? the dc exclusive streaming what service animated movie do we watch where she was all like sexy oh and um batman and harley quinn Oh yeah, no, I haven't no even thanks. seen that, but I know what you're talking about because yeah. that meme is. What is epic. DC's problem with sex all the time? I don't. They like do you it. see how much you want to bet Gotham by Gaslight has a sex scene between Bruce and Selena Kyle? Twenty bucks. Mm, I might take that. Not on air. Okay. I'm not getting on record for that. Um, God, how bad is it that that might actually? That's a bet you can actually. Might I know. Seriously. I might. I might win this bet. Yeah. So Warner Brothers has has uh, Warner Brothers upcoming DC branded direct consumer digital platform it's a little mouthful uh, has ordered 26 episodes of half hour adult animated action comedy Harley Quinn from the executive producers of Powerless Margot Robbie is being sought for the role of Harley Quinn for her voice yes I truly think it should go to Tara Strong that's yes. just me Powerless that's 
Not a good show. That was oh. the sh- that was the show that what had that was the because Brandon's Powerless. I was yeah, thinking Brandon, you saw the tra- you saw the original saw the original pilot the good one. Yeah, and I thought you were talking about the Brian Bendis uh, Sony show Powers. Powers. That's a good show, and I was like, is Bendis doing TV for D- DC already? No, it's different people. Yeah, different people. <laughs> different different people. What do you think about this one, Sparks? I I don't really have any interest. <sighs> yeah. The the key art they released is Amanda Connor. She's great. She's the best. Absolutely. My only reservation about this, I think this could work, especially with the current Harley Quinn they've got going on. My only reservation is I still miss classic Harley Quinn Same. a lot. She's Deadpool now. Yeah, she's absolutely Deadpool. She's Deadpool now. Yeah, yeah. they which is why which is why they want to do this because Deadpool's getting his own animated show on FX. Oh, that's right. They are what? <gasps> yeah, the yeah. Donald Glover's working on an animated oh, Deadpool we, show. We talked about this a while ago. I forgot about that. That's the best. That that makes up for this. <laughs> <laughs> the reminder of that makes oh, up for this. Oh God, news. that's great. Um, hey, you know what? Anything can be good, right? No, I got yep. something to say about this. I've got something to say. Okay, say it. No, thank you. Oh, oh. okay. Wow. Well, yeah. I'll put so it in the suspense. comment box. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, YouTube comment. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> All right. Justice League has apparently passed $300 million worldwide. Oh, so Yay, it has made back even... his budget. <laughs> oh, that's not marketing yet. <laughs> nope. Uh, so apparently, it has it has earned a total of $481 million. The we t- uh, We did. We haven't really talked about it, but the drop for the second weekend was not as bad as BVS. It's, it's it was only a forty six percent drop. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. That's well, fairly good. Also, think about Coco week. came out this weekend. That's a big family tron. So yeah, it's still it's yeah. still a little bit of a blow. Yeah, um, it's surprising it wasn't lower though. Yes. Yeah, I think enough people were like, "Hey, it's not bad." We're like, even I'll Wonder Woman had a lower drop second week. Yeah, drop. it did. Um, yeah. So that's, I yeah, really wonder the legs. There, there was a great article on Forbes this past week where a guy basically broke down the, the highest possible ranking of what will likely happen to Justice League and the lowest possible ranking. And he's like, honestly, there's no way they don't come in around a 50 to $100 million loss. Yeah, I saw that. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, that's what happens when you do $25 million worth of shows. Yep. So. Fans have started a uh, petition to have the Zack Snyder uh, cut released. By Warner Brothers. Now, let me just tell you, that doesn't exist. No, it does he not. He had an assembly cut. There were no VFX. There were. Uh, it was. It's not the same thing. An assembly cut is not a finished cut of the movie, and we. Uh, it would be worse. It would legitimately Did, be worse. Didn't you say like they were still working on the cut of that movie to like right before it was yes. out or something it's like there's no way the, <laughs> the, the thing is like the visual effects artist from justice league has come out and said no such thing exists yeah yes. it's Just, it's done and dead yeah yeah he had an but assembly the petition, cut but the gone. petition exists because there are fans who are so crazed that a Zack snyder version of the film would have been superior and and i can't get over that because i'm like you realize that everything that was good about the movie was whedon right like Superman was so great in this movie because of Joss Whedon, and yeah. he's like yeah. the best thing. I mean, it, it's it's really sad, you know, because people th- people seem to think it would have been a, uh, not a narrative mess. Let's it was still a narrative mess, but also BVS was the theatrical kind of BVS was a narrative mess. Yeah, that movie there just was, doesn't make sense. There is no yeah. way that this would have been any better. Yeah. No, nope. um, hey, hey, can but, you hear that? It's the cries of all the Zack Snyder apologists wailing in pain. I saw... Is there, is that uh, real quick, Joss yeah. Whedon, uh, the rumor was abound that he was not going to write and direct Batgirl anymore because of this. He is still yeah. on it. Cool. I just want to put that out there. That's done. That's dead and done. If Batgirl still exists on the future slate. Yes. Which, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd be into it. Uh, I saw a great, kind of similar to the uh, petition thing. It was like, it was like a call to all Justice League fans. The movie has been doing well. You, everyone needs to see it at least six times or more to I help make this. its budget. Like we need to unite the league. <laughs> I commented on that, and I was just like, no, "You know what? 
I'll spend my money elsewhere. Thank yeah. you. I'll see Coco again. Yeah, I I will see Coco again. <laughs> I will I will yeah. do my part by buying the Blu-ray when it's out. Yeah. Paramount. Uh, so apparently Warner Brothers. This is more mustache gate stuff. Oh no! It's the best gate of the year. Warner Brothers had apparently went to Paramount and said, "Hey, here's shots of Superman with a CG mustache and be- and 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 uh, beard. Uh, look how much easier it would be than to take it off." And Paramount was like, "Nah, take it off <laughs> d- digitally." There's being Hen- Henry Henry Cavill had even said at some point when they were doing the reshoots and it had come out they were CGIing away his mustache that there were too many visual stunts he was doing in Mission Impossible for him to easily have his uh, his mustache CGI'd on. I mean the v- but the VFX artist like he's moving say, he's he's moving too quickly. Right, yeah. but I mean it is it it is a, a fair point. Putting something on someone's face is a lot easier than taking it off. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I feel like it just, it, being a little but petty. But it all comes, it all comes down to contracts at the end of the day. And Paramount had every right to make the call they made. Yeah, I'm not saying they didn't. Guys, yeah. I'm just, I'm just imagining that like there's a bunch of lawyers sitting in a room and like they Discussing have to literally talk. And like Henry's just sitting there like, so I have, to, I, I have to keep the mustache for Justice League. Or like, yeah, we're just gonna CGI it out. Like, is, is, do you, is that cool, John? You're the lawyer for that team, right? And it's like, this is so stupid. Yeah, this God. is great. To be a fly on that wall. God, it'd be great. You, man. That would have been hilarious. I would love to sit in that meeting just to, be, just to hear them discuss facial hair of an actor. Speaking of Henry Cavill. Speaking of facial hair. He talked, well, <laughs> speaking of talking facial hair, Henry Cavill, um, he talked, man, he is a hunk of hunk of burden love. <laughs> yeah, man, he hears. Um, the, he was talking about Superman in Justice League, and he said, this movie highlights the qualities of Superman that exist in the comic books. There's, that's something I've always been very keen to highlight in the character. This rebirth provided the opportunity for me to play those characteristics. Rebirth. Totally agree. Yeah. Very happy to see those those characteristics. Guys, I want a Superman sequel now so bad. Same. Oh. Directed by Matthew Vaughn. I was uh, I watched an interview before Justice League, uh, and he was actually talking about the comics. He was talking about rebirth specifically, and he's like, "Yeah." And in the comics, he has a son, Jonathan. And I'm like, "This fool knows his comic books. Yeah. He's actually a fa- he's reading also them. you might play Destiny with him, and you wouldn't know it." Oh, that's cool. Oh, dude, he was when he got the call from Zach from Asteel, he was playing World of Warcraft. That's hilarious. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. What a cool. He's a cool dude. He's uh, a hunk of hunk of burning love. No, you yeah, guys know those uh, read posters you see in uh, your school libraries? Yes. He did one with uh, Superman Annual Number One. Aww. That's cool. What were you saying? Spark? Yeah, he's he's a he's a big fan of Superman, and it's it's great that he's so happy that he at least got to play Superman proper yeah. in Justice League. Yeah, he auditioned twice for two different films about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Superman Flyby and Superman Returns, God. both auditioned. I really, God, they got to make that Man of Steel sequel because, like, I to be so. fair, he has really only been like Superman for like twenty five minutes. So Just like, about, yeah. so like, yeah. like that'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so some Marvel news, interesting stuff on the other Hell, side of the pond. Yes. Uh, Marvel and DC are much like Gotham and Metropolis across the across the pond. I don't care. <laughs> Bay. Uh, um, whatever. Across the sea. Jeff Lemire has talked about working for Marvel Comics, and I found this quote to be very interesting. I love it. Uh, certain books. Like Moon Knight, Total Freedom. They never gave me any notes, and you can kind of see it in the work. Oh, yeah. It's the best thing I did. The X-Men stuff was kind Bad. of a nightmare. Kind of a nightmare, <laughs> he quotes. Uh, to be honest, really difficult. I came into it, and they already had storylines in place. I had to use that I probably wouldn't come up with myself, and I felt editorial was very restricting in what they wanted. And too many notes. And then you start second-guessing yourself. It's just not a good situation. That wasn't a great experience. But on the flip side, doing Moon Knight was really fun. His Moon Knight is amazing. Extraordinary X-Men is not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he, he puts a lot of... He tends to enjoy doing the, the books that the publishers don't seem to care so much about. He's like Remender. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. 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 yeah, the way that, that quote 
was brought across to me was like, hey, the stuff that Marvel doesn't give a shit about, hey, do whatever you want. It's going to be great. But the ones you that you can kind of do total free, you're not, you get like, it's like almost like doing an indie book. Yeah. It's yeah. Base, base, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. What do you think about that, Sparks? Uh, I think that it's just another indicator that Marvel gets a little too hands on with uh, their main, what they see as their mainline characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and definitely they're, you know, every artist is different and there are people who like Jeff Lemire or Rick Remender or, or Hickman who, uh, they, they like their control and they like to make their plans for, for eons, you know, until it's 50 until something pays off. That's why they're all at image. So they can do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Certain people like a Bendis, they can cater to what the company wants them to do better than some other people. Some people are better company men than, than, uh, creative artists. Not that. Well, either are no, bad. Not that either are taking bad. Taking this into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in yeah. a comparison is people like the Russos mm-hmm. who can work very well within the exactly. confines yeah. or people like Alan Taylor who cannot. Yes. You know, yes. both are actually good directors, but one can't one can't work with this massive conglomerate. Yeah. One can. Yeah, exactly. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Liz, this is, guys, the Gambit movie might actually be happening. Unbelievable. Because they signed Lizzie Kaplan love her so to much. play the... Uh, uh, the the female lead. Uh, we're looking at either Belladonna or Rogue. It's not Rogue. They're not going to recast yet. I don't think so. They won't recast yet. Really? Not yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would do it in Deadpool, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think that would be great. Lizzie Kaplan is a fantastic actress, but uh, I just I just don't see it. I see Belladonna because she's kind of like a more seedless character. Right. That's honestly more likely. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool. I mean, they've they've recast before, so it wouldn't be such a stretch for her to be. But there's a difference. uh, There's a difference between cyborg Cyclops, Colossus. Colossus. There's a difference between uh, a a side character like Colossus and one of your main actresses. Mm. To be fair, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm for it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I. No one's seen Rogue in so long in the theaters. I don't. I don't know that they would hold to that. Days of Future Past, Rogue cut. Excuse me. I said. I I'm said kidding. I'm theaters. kidding. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> I just wanted to but say he's it. right. The last <laughs> yeah. time we saw Rogue was X Men Three: The Last Stand. Yeah. Did we see her for like a hot second in uh, Days of Future Past? No, she's not in that. She, she is not in that final movie. She's cut. No, you're right. At the very end, right? She's at the very end. She's at the very, very beginning. Very end. And the very beginning. No, she's not in the beginning. Yeah, she's she, at the very it, end. I'm yeah, no, the beginning is when all of them die at the, at the beginning. Yeah, the very beginning. She's like running from the Sentinels and she's in like that. Uh, she like pushes some dirt around and reveals the X. No, that's not her, buddy. That's, that's a dude. Her. That's a guy. That's, that's a boy. We'll talk about this we'll later. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. That's a boy. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, blah, blah, blah. Ammon and the Wasp <laughs> has wrapped shooting. Cool. Three so, months. That's crazy. That's, that's quick. Yeah. That is Must a blockbuster. Must be a, a, a not CGI heavy movie then. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, if it's like a street comedy, they can shoot that shit in like a week, man. Like, if you just do a lot of comedy scenes, but like, it's a blockbuster, so it's curious. Yeah. Um, so, that'd be, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it. I wonder if they're going to go in for reshoots. Most blockbusters do. Oh, yeah. Um, no big deal, yeah. So, for three months, wow. Yeah. How, Peyton Reed is returning, I'm yep. assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, crazy. Maybe they just, like, because it is going to be like us. It's not going to be a Doctor Strange, right? No. So maybe they just they knew exactly what they're going to do. You know, they got those acting scenes done real quick. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could do the CGI later, yeah. 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 And uh, Jude Law is in talks for Captain Marvel. Yes, playing Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, yes. This was my biggest fear that they're just going to completely avoid Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. This is awesome. Uh, they said they're still going to change how she gets her powers because it is kind of stupid and dumb how like it's like it's very close to Green Lantern yeah uh, kind of but like a weird energy thing uh, attaches to Captain Marvel and his, it's like his energy transfers to her it's like a weird like spiritual Green Lantern thing it's stupid yeah. it's stupid so they'll fix it uh, if you signs on I'm really excited for this 
I'm I'm excited for the character to be in the film. I don't know how I feel about Jude Law being in the film. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's a Cree, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Not blue, though. And uh, now Runaways. Ooh, she's a little runaway. All right, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yes. So the first, the first three episodes of Runaways yes. have aired on Hulu. Uh, full spoilers for those three episodes. We won't go into where the comics go uh, with these characters. I'm not going to spoil nothing. For fear of potential of potential directions the show could go. Um, so don't worry about that. But if you have not seen the first three episodes of Runaways, I think we all can all agree they're pretty great. The show is a fantastic. You should definitely go watch them. I was I don't know what I was nah, expecting. Nah, man. I liked Inhumans way better. <laughs> 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 well, Sparks is, Sparks is officially off this, this panel God, forever. He can have the podcast. I'm going to leave. <laughs> he can just have it. Big <laughs> yeah. guys, it's yours. We'll start our own podcast well, with better shows, Blackjack and Hookers. You know what? Forget the Blackjack. That's pretty good. Oh. That's a good quote. Thank you. Um, Guys... <laughs> So I I wasn't sure what the tone of the show was going to be because it's I mean the tone of the comic is not not this serious. This show is it's 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 pretty dark, I would say. Like it's it's light but it, there's a lot of darkness and I didn't expect it and I'm glad it's there cuz the show is it's it's better than I thought it was going to be for sure. I really like it. I I mean at first glance this seems like a breakfast club with superpowers. Yeah. Cause you you got um um Miko who's the goth chick you got uh, Greta who's the SJW Molly's the young one, um Chase is the jock and Alex who's like the nerd ner- yeah he's the nerd, but fifty who is on Casual quick plug for Casual it's pretty great there you go but even though it's like okay this is total Breakfast Club, but just seeing these kids interact I believe them for every single second I believe the parents every single second yeah the acting in this is really great the chemistry between all of the actors and their groups is really great mm-hmm. you, if they're believable you get it you get it from the beginning I believe every relationship oh. like between uh, like uh, spouses and children and friends like it's all they all work so well together um the blonde girl what's her name again Carolyn Caroline Carolina is Carolina Carolina yeah, so Carolina, she goes and talks to uh, Destiny, the one, the runaway, <laughs> the runaway we see, the very first runaway. She's who, got stars on her eyes. The stars, the star, the stars on her eyes, and she's like, "No, rebelling. What's that like? You, a, you, honest yeah. to God, feel like this girl has never rebelled in her life." So we're not gonna, we're not gonna really describe the three episodes as episodes because they do function as a super pilot in their own way. It's, the, like, a, it's like a weird The movie. first two episodes actually complement each other in the sense that the first episode, and I love this, by the way, oh, the yeah. first episode is from the kid's point of view, and the second episode, uh, up until about three quarters of the way in, is from the adult's point of view of the same events. The yep. parents, yeah. And I thought that was really fun and really great, and then it just kind of, the next episode is the next part of that story, and they function so well together. So the blinds will, will blur from us, so we're not going to, we're not gonna deal with what episode deals with yeah. what. Yeah, actually, Brandon, to, to piggyback you of how that um, how we got to see, because there are a lot of shows where you only see stuff through the kids' point of view. You never see what the parents go through at the, all. The comic doesn't deal with a lot of parent stuff. That's yeah. it was a really welcome change, actually. And seeing the stuff that the parents go through, like seeing um Jeffrey Wilder go meeting his old gang buddy down at the um trying to get out, but he gets pulled right back in. Yeah, and seeing all the stuff that um. Uh, Chase's dad goes through Neil. No, oh, he's a bad man. I hate Piccolo, him. James Marsters. Y- yeah, Piccolo. Oh, I love him. him so good. Please don't call him Piccolo. You hurt I, me. That's all he is. To he's me. a great actor. Spike from Buffy. I know. Oh, that's why he looks so familiar. Yes. 
Or Brainiac from Smallville. Or Brainiac from Smallville. Oh, shit, that's right. I, I'll give or take that one. Oh, that was pretty it. great when it came back as Brainiac. Or Piccolo. <laughs> I just <laughs> said, don't call him Piccolo. He literally just did can't, just say, don't, no Piccolo. But, I know why he said. <laughs> <laughs> but the why do you si- want me, sir? The second I saw him on screen, and then he said, but you got to see in Smash, and smacks the table, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to hate you, aren't I? Well, it was really great, that line, if you were really afraid of me. I love yep. that. I hate him so much, but I love that the. But he's James Marsters, and even even as a terrible dad, I'm just kind of like, oh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, uh, say something, Sparks. Uh, there's an affair. You, you, you say a little there's, bit. There's there's teen angst. There's people a, say the adult word adult angst. People say the word cocaine. They do. Uh, I'll be honest. I was not worried about the show from the moment it was announced to a show running it, which is Josh Schwartz, because Josh Schwartz has modern teen stories down he had it down when he did the oc mm-hmm. he had it down when he did gossip girl whether or not i like gossip girl which i'm not crazy about it but he knows how to do stories that connect with teens that also have strong adult characters and then they don't turn them into caricatures they actually develop them alongside of the teen characters uh so i was not worried about this going into the show and sure enough he's he's pulled it off again um I really like everything going on in the show. Um, I love the pacing of it. I love the choice to uh, show the parents in the second episode so that we really get to know them before we continue on with the story. Uh, I really like that I don't feel anything has been too heavy-handed in the acting or in the writing. It it just feels very natural and in its place, and and I enjoy that a lot. For those of you who, for those of you who don't know or haven't seen, real quick synopsis: Runaways is about uh, a bunch of kids who two years ago lost a friend. They split apart. Which is not in the comics. Close. That's a brand new thing. Yeah, they used to be very close, and their parents are all supervillains uh, in the some pride. way, shame, or form. Part of the Pride, which yes. is a bunch of billionaires who theoretically want to take over the world. However, we we don't know that. In I, the I, TV and show. I don't remember the comic very well, except for the first arc. Uh, it doesn't seem like taking over the world it seems like they're because they said we need to do another sacrifice yeah. it looks so like they're in a, it looks like they're in a cult well they're definitely definitely in a cult like they're <laughs> they're in a cult for their cult that's yeah. one of my favorite things is the cult, church cult-ception. lady's cult <laughs> and then there's a cult beyond the cult yeah. there's yeah. two cults in the show so they're um so it, it appears that they that they have to kidnap people and then they're sacrificed we don't really know what that entails because it's a weird box that might or might not be working and then there's that really, really old Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader looking. Dude. I think that's supposed to be her grandfather. I thought. I think that's her dad too. That's yeah, my... her dad, and then Carol- Carolina's, uh, Carolina's grandfather. That'd be interesting. I gotta say, it's really nice. Uh, so two comments, one a joke. Um, <laughs> I have to got a preface here. Um, it's really nice that they said it on the West Coast because, as we know, the Avengers can't leave the East Coast and or a European country every now and then. Yeah, well, um, no LA. Tony Stark moves, so then it's like, hey, we could do the show now. <laughs> yeah. Tony Stark was in Malibu. Did, yeah. Did, did you did you catch the one thing that kind of made me go, oh, you're not doing very good on your MCU continuity if you're saying you're supposed to be in the MCU? Did you catch it? Which one? What, what was that? Uh, Nico said to her parents, you guys haven't gone on a date since the Obama administration. Obama's not president nor ever was in the MCU. <gasps> How do we know oh. that? Oh, President because Ellis. Because we know the president. Yeah, oh, President Ellis president was in Iron Man 3. They done goofed. Oh, they done alternate goofed. timelines. <laughs> and, and this is for sure in the MCU, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they right. done. I mean, suppos- supposedly everything set. Soft. It's, it's, it's a minor thing, but it did make me chuckle. That is, I didn't even think about it. Like, maybe, wait a minute. Maybe President Ellis 
uh, was the vice president after <laughs> maybe it was he, after Obama. Maybe he resigned. No, Stephen Colbert should be the president. It was a small joke. Yeah, it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. That's it, funny. That's good though. Uh, I forgot about <laughs> President Ellis. Uh, but I think I was watching Iron Man three before I came here today. You know, too. truthfully, most people would. But uh, one of the things uh, that I, I do also like is that it's small enough that the Avengers, right now especially, it's like what I liked about the Defender series initially. It's small enough that the uh, Avengers could never get involved. Yeah, the threat. It's below the pay grade. Yeah. Way too low. And it's like, it's not even a threat level to them. They've never, they would have no way of having this in yeah. their uh, anything. I like, I like uh, a Velociraptor on the loose is like not something Iron Man comes to visit. Can we talk oh, about the Raptor? Okay. You, know who, you know who I do question if it's going to show up on his threat level though? I know it won't, but who it should throw up on the threat level of is... Uh, Doctor Strange. Actually, yeah. There is a magic because staff. Because uh, Nico's staff, and we actually talked about this, her mm-hmm. mother, that staff is in Doctor Strange. Yep. And supposedly the character that wields it is her mother, is Nico's mother. It's not, it's not, the, it's same not actress, the same actress, though. but it possibly could be the same character, because that was character. a flashback uh, like when the character was with it was uh, with Cassilius. Mm-hmm. So, no, uh, that character was part of the... Oh, was she a good guy? Yeah, she was a good guy. Ooh, then it can't be her, because she's it, not a good guy. But it could be... Uh, Before... It, yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange could be said before, but honestly, it w- they they never named that character, so there's no way, there's no reason yeah. for us to even. It'd be cool though. Hey, random lady over the staff, go over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the director yeah. probably in- initially intended it to like be like Runaways was yeah. not a happening at the right. point. Yeah. No, but it it, it's one of those things. It's the same thing how Sharon Carter actually does show up at the end of the Captain America: First Avenger. It's the girl who greets him, mm-hmm. but she's never named, so they were able to cast yeah. the yeah. camp. Yep. Yep. Right, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think the show is fantastic, and can we quickly talk about the dinosaur? Oh, please, oh, because yes. I was watching this Fanny today. We both have and those rings. The whole time she was looking at me saying, "So where's the dinosaur?" I'm like, "It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen." Episode three. Well, we full. see was, we see her in every episode. We do. We see like bits and pieces of her. We see like and her tail. We see her, we see her eye, and then finally in episode three we see her full blown and. Good God, she looks amazing. The CG looks really great. The practical effects look really great. Does a great joke where uh, the scientist's dad, who uh, who's taking care of the Velociraptor, is like, "All right, they're at a taco stand. Like, all right, so me and the wife, we're gonna get like two tacos." And then she's like, "Oh, don't forget about the other one." I'm like, "Oh, right, can I get thirty quesadillas and fifteen nachos?" <laughs> like, hey, Christ. I want thirty carnitas, fifteen barbacoas. That was a. Good joke. That was a <laughs> I think I I. I, there's no misstep in any of these three episodes. I think this is like it's not a ten out of ten, but like I have no, I have nothing to complain about. Like this is like so so tightly made on every level. I do have one complaint. No, of course you would. What's your complaint? Um, there's no. What's your? Uh, it's, I'm shortening it. <laughs> there isn't What's more to watch. <laughs> Damn it, guys! There isn't more What's to watch plate? now. Paint. Jesus. No, it's My fun. only complaint is the only is I have to wait for Tuesday to watch more. Oh, that's not a real complaint. Well, you know, actually I like the way Hulu This is a whole this is a different topic that I do want to get into some other time, but I okay. I have very mixed feelings about binge watching. Um and I think that Hulu does have a great uh system where they do keep the old tele- the, I mean, the old television. They, they <laughs> keep the normal network television right. uh experience of waiting a week yep. week after week. And that Allows you to digest the show, yeah. talk about it with friends. You know, it's, but sometimes I'm just like real hungry and I want to. I mean, eat, exactly. I, I just want to eat more. There yeah. is also that. Yeah, I'd like, rather them just like release the pilot than give me three episodes because then I was like hungry for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but it is one pilot. Like earlier, earlier today, I finished episode three. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'm good for the show today. But then I was like, I really is there episode four yet? I was really. And no, there wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't episode four. I was like, oh, the damn music it. is the music is so good. Every time like those show. credits. 
Like it's got a good tone. Now tell us, Ryan, what are the, what are the counterparts? What are the comic so book it's, counterparts? It's, so the base structure is the exact same. You know, you got supervillain pa- uh, parents, right? Uh, the the Amy sister thing is completely new. That's that, and I think it actually adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly uh, is much older. Uh, she was she's supposed to be like eleven in, in the in the thing, and and Molly, her parents are still alive. So um, they actually cut down on some of the characters, which I think is good because this is already a big cast. So uh, kind of combining Gertie and Molly's uh, story together works out really well. I and think. in the comics, you told me that Molly was a mutant. Yes, she she's the only mutant of the group, and because um, she she has like super strength when she gets like stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to call her a mutant. So I she, I don't think she's an Inhuman because she didn't need to do teriogenesis. There's none of that happening. Yeah. So I don't know what you call. I a mean, it could just be like you know Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Oh, like they're yeah, they just, they're they just call yeah they'll just call her enhanced. Yeah. Uh, to comment real quick on the the change adding the Amy thing, my only thing about it is that I really hope the payoff of whatever happened to her is strong. I think I think it's going to be that the parents killed her, right? Sacrifice. I'm I'm yeah. really I'm really nervous about how it's going to play out. I hope it's not something that derails it for me. Also, it was it was implied that uh, that um, Nico's parents killed Molly's parents. With with the where their arm being burned, so I think it, there's a whole bunch of or non- at least the pride killed the yeah. So there's a whole yeah, bunch right. of bad stuff going on for everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a lot of infighting, a lot of affairs, well, a lot of well, affairs. Some members of the pride, because obviously Jeffrey went to um Robert and say, hey, I thought we were supposed to be family. They're good people, right? But yeah, but you 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 get, and I think this talks about Ryan talking about how the characters have changed, uh, how yeah. the adults are more more expanded in the show already. Mm-hmm. Is that we see that some members of the pride are not exactly okay. Well, they're not okay with sacrificing people, but they're also some of them are not okay with even what they're doing they want out um, the two scientists are like super nice and they feel bad about it yeah they don't want to do it and also one of the scientists is so glad she doesn't have to see Tina um, Tina like the um, you get the petty oh the Tina petty and rival- yeah. you get the petty, petty rivalries between the characters uh, but what I was more specifically talking about is um, uh, Alex's dad is almost completely against the pride you kind of get that sense, whereas her he his just mom, wants to get out, he just like he out. got yeah. out of like like being like a like a gangster like yeah. in the hood. Yeah. Like he wants to get out of being like a super villain. Yeah. Like so, whatever they're doing, they're it's like duty bound, it's honor bound. Like none of them seem to. Some of them do. Some of them don't want to do it. So it's 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 an interesting d- differentiation from the book, and I like it. It's it's fresh enough where I don't remember what actually happens, uh, but I know enough where I'm like, oh, it's gonna get so good, you guys. Yeah. Oh. We almost see uh, we almost see some nudity. Yo, there's two panties being pulled down shots in this. Yes, there is. In like one episode. <laughs> and I'm like, this yeah. is a Marvel show. Holy shit. Well, I said uh, <laughs> earlier, we, you know, in, in just two Marvel properties, we had the words orgy and cocaine for the first yeah. time. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, um, Marvel Cinematic Universe properties. Yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, where Miko, of course, is sitting there going, is like, no, my smart house is not having an overdose <laughs> of cocaine. Yeah, and like like I said, the, the game of tone, like I didn't know if it was going to be like, like I don't, know, I don't think this is rated R, but it's like mature for sure. It's, right? it's PG thirteen. It's TV fourteen. So yeah, so like it's definitely more mature than I thought, and I and I really, I really appreciate that yeah. it didn't li- uh, lighten it up. I'm really glad that this show is is more mature because we got the mature things, but also it still keeps the light of horror moments. Yeah. Like that scene after the power goes out and they try to make everything normal with them playing Twister. Oh yeah, and that was great. And also, actors, and dude. even and even the scene where um Alex and uh, Miko they like clean all the snow. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, Miko causes a snowstorm in her mom's office oh, for some reason. Oh, oh, the most badass yeah. baller. Yeah. But, but can, we... can, can I finish, please? Ugh. And then of course they're like, and then uh, Miko's mom comes home. Her dad decides to go have sex with um crazy husband's wife. Yes. And then they're like, okay, uh, what's your plan? Put your eyes over there. 
I said, put your eyes over there. And they're trying to do like the, oh, I brought him over to make out. And she's like, what are you grabbing? And it just. Well, it, 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 well to, to speak to your point, just to get to what you're, what you're getting at quickly. Um, the actors, first off, the actors are excellent. The, all the kids are excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not a, I don't think there's a bad bun. There's a bad one in the, in the lot. Nope. Uh, but I think they play off their misdoings, essentially, very well. They yeah. each come up with kind of believable plans you know alex w- uh, with the twister thing is like wait a minute maybe it'll it causes cir- turns off the circuit breakers uh to make it look like uh, a circuit a circuit uh, He's a smart circuit. kid and they're all playing twister and then uh and they play it off so well uh even um uh gert's adopted sister molly molly uh even molly when she when she's talking to when she gets investigated and then she's saying oh they made me sneak in to see if you guys weren't there so we could raid the liquor cabinet yeah. yes that was excellent oh, um, she was ready to like pull out like like a needle and like stab yeah, she was. what was that what did that serum do it's uh, the it's like true serum isn't it, it? it's oh. no so it's basically like a um it's like a uh it takes away like all your bad feelings like it's like a weird like uh like a depressant relaxes you it's like a weird relaxant that's like extreme it's like for crim it's like for ptsd like the set in like uh like war criminals like get them not to be bad people oh uh and then the and then the one that you were talking that you were getting to ben yeah uh, with the um with uh alex and i want to want to get to that specifically because i think that is also a really great character moment how you can tell they both like each other Mm -hmm. they don't know how to deal with it and then she's got this plan of like okay we were we were about to have sex or whatever and then he does a very smooth that was the the smoothest effing line oh my god he just goes in for it and and she smiles and he smiles no because the thing is like yeah they 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 fake the fake like sex scene whatever right so so they can leave right and then he and then he plants a kiss on her and she's like oh you know that was an act right and he was just like, was it? Was it? And it walks away like a baller, dude. It was that great. Was, that was oh, Alex oh, is such man. a cool kid. All these characters great. are so good, man. I lo- I love all the actors. I love all the characters, man. It's just part of me is kind of with you. Like I wish there was more. So we could talk more yeah. about where the story goes. Uh, so where do we think the story could go from here? Do you think, for example, will it follow the comics? Um, it. I think. It has to. I don't know why I took my earphone out. Uh, it, uh, I think it's going to follow the, like I said, like the main crux of what the story beats are. Um, but like I said, I don't remember the ending, which is good. But like, I know the trajectory for at least the next like, couple episodes. Did you say that Cave On is a uh, consultant? I did. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love that intro sequence. Yeah, it's man, it's really oh, good. Man. That music's so good. Um, you know, you know, you can like see the different symbols. Like you see the staff uh, everywhere. Great. The dinosaur was like the first. The, like the there's a lot of dinosaurs. I, actually, the first intro, I the first time I saw the intro, I saw the dinosaur flying over thing. There's a dinosaur there's a floaty in the pool. That looks there's like going to be di- and then of course you see the staff everywhere. You see the symbol for the church. You see the uh, DNA logo, the synergy logo everywhere. Um, I'll, I want to pass it to Sparks, but really quick, I just want to say, uh, knowing where it goes, I'm just really, really excited to get more into the parents because it's, it's shit's going to get crazy, you guys. I'm sure. so excited. Sparks. Yeah, I I'm I'm much in the same vein. I, I'm just excited to see where it'll go i don't uh i imagine they'll keep pretty close to a lot of the basic stuff from the comics um but i don't i don't think that they're any of the changes they're making from the comics are things that are too detrimental like i said the only one that that kind of gets me a little heebie-jeebie is is if the payoff for what happened to the sister is is not as strong as i want it to be yeah 
Oh yeah, I totally agree. I can. With that. I feel like they're foreshadowing. Like they had to like unfortunately sacrifice her or something. Mm-hmm. What, something like that. It does feel kind of that way, but it also feels like there could be something more to it. Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing for me is it's going to be timing when they reveal that answer because I think if it's something that we don't find out till the last episode, it might, it might be Pain a disappointment. Like yeah. Yeah. Like I Sabotor. think we need to. I think we need to find it out pretty soon. It's only eight episodes, right? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know I, what the uh, Yeah, it's a it's an eight episode season. Then yeah. I I I have much more faith in this. It's like, probably gonna go. It's, back it, it's probably gonna like do that first arc because it's only eight episodes. So that's yep. it's good. My prediction for Amy, I don't think she was unnecessarily sacrificed. I think she was just taken. It was an a actual tragic accident. Oh. No, see, I don't think so because we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of people who are like, it's unfortunate what had to happen to her. Her mom kept her diary. Her mom kept her diary. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think. I think she was a she was a sacrifice. I think yeah. she was she was a needed we we like they needed to sacrifice and someone. That's what I mean. And I her. still we don't know like what why are they sacrificing what for what or to whom or like I that's what I I'm really curious about because that's kind of different. Yeah, I'm into it. I want to see more of uh, Carolina's powers. I want to see her turn sparkly again. Well, as far as we know, all, all that happens is some lights go on. Hey, and she, she was on drugs, out. guys. She no, was on drugs. She wasn't. No, nothing she wasn't. happened. She wasn't on drugs. She wasn't. Oh, Man, that was a that was an intense sequence where that she was. passes out and these guys, this unsavory very, it's very mature man, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to do some bad be, be things. asshole college guys. They're and, about and then, to, uh, and then and Chase. then Chase comes in and just beats the shit out of him, and yeah. that was great. By the way, he's British, and I didn't, I would never have told, yeah. I would never know. Good, his, actor, good actor. His American accent, damn it, is I. I Rivals Hugh Laurie's. Yep. And I, oh, I gotta say, uh, like playing like uh, like the like the jock character can be like like really boring and lame. And like I totally like this guy a whole lot. Like yeah. he pulls off that aesthetic really well. I thought I wasn't gonna like him at first, but I really do. I thought I wasn't gonna like Gertie at first, but I really I like them all. So I, honestly, I like them all. I think oh, yeah. they're all great. Yeah, like it's like I said, like man, like every single person on the show is so strong. Like, all right, so I want to. We're very positive. Is there anything, guys? Oh, anything at all? Honestly, I really. Out of, I think, I think this is my favorite. I don't think it's my favorite show, but it's my favorite pilot of the year. It is. It is just so tight, and it, it is so focused, and I know exactly what it wants to for do. For three episodes, yeah, it is very tight. It's so tight. Like there's not a single scene that's wasted. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's so good. It. Excuse me. Taco Bell's coming back up for a second there. For both of you. <laughs> so I told you yeah. it happens. It's coming back on the Revenge. <laughs> no, the thing about Runaways is every th- every time I'm watching this show. I'm cur- I'm ask- I'm asking questions, but the same time. Have you watched time- it more than once already? I saw well, the third episode I twice. So. Yeah. I saw the third episode twice in one day. That is fair. Yeah, but it. I do want to ask questions, but at the same time, I ask. I get answers for some of them, but I'm still intrigued. I still want to know more. I want to know how this progresses naturally. I don't want things to get forced. I don't want people to spoil it for me. Nah, and I actually that. am legitimately want to go pick up a trade that was by Brian K. Vaughn. because he will. I Pick brought up the trade now. Actually, Joss Whedon ended it, I believe. I, I yes, I don't remember. Uh, I, don't remember. I don't recall wholeheartedly. I mean, yeah. it was, the series was over by the time I got hardcore into yeah. comics. It, it started fifteen years ago. So. Yeah, but the suspense for the kids is there. Like when um Alex opens up the secret the secret patches way and he's That's talking cool. to his dad and his dad's in the kitchen. That's super Man, scary. That was dude. super suspenseful. Yeah. Or even when Molly's in the car with uh, Mrs. Wilder and she has the truth serum needle and she finally creates this beautifully constructed lie. Although, one thing, how do the people in the out, waiting in the bathroom outside do not hear the toilet being ripped out or the wall being yeah, ripped out? Yeah, that is really weird. Well, see, you know when you go to the bathroom, you turn the water on so no one hears you? Not the same thing. Yeah, no. she just turned both sides of the water on, so it's really <laughs> Still loud. not the same thing. Well, here's what, go, going back to, going to your point, you know, we're, we watch the show, and it's 
is super engaging and super suspenseful and super interesting but it's never gotten to the point where I'm frustrated that I don't have an answer. No. It is always to the point where it's like, I'm totally prepared for you to... It drip feeds you just enough. Yeah, it, it lets me roll along. It's kind of what they talked about with um, uh, the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little while ago. Uh, now, five years ago, I guess. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, where he, where they were talking about how, you know, people don't really have the, the patience for mystery to be revealed anymore you know x-files the mysteries for x-files what's called like seasons yeah but that's how people that's how the show's kept on the air and people don't really have that patience anymore but i think this kind of proves maybe if you do it right that's, that's not wrong so Age of that's, shield that's, that's wrong. was was unfortunately uh like uh inhibited by waiting for winter soldier because yes. that's when that show got awesome is when is when Hydra took over. And then it didn't over. get good again, and then it got good again. Yeah, you know, every superhero <laughs> show has its slips and flops. But like that was a show where, like, from the get go, it's like we're building to this mystery, but it's not going to be revealed for like a year. And yeah. I'm like, that kind of sucks. They had, they had to wait. It for was a, movie. a great payoff, but like it, those first that first half of that season is not good. Yeah, the first three quarters of that season. That that, that it's there are seven episodes yeah, that's after Winter Soldier. Yeah, Runaways. They introduce stuff to you, but it's like okay, that's going to be explained eventually. But I'm glad. I'm seeing this now. Like um, when um, Neil, uh, the dad, yeah. um, Chase's dad, he sees a, a wet, dead destiny ghost. Oh, yeah. He's getting... Uh, he has in a, his work study. And even after the... Haunted. Bo- like what? The second episode, he's putting the box away and he hears, keeps coming back. he hears a knock and he opens up and says... You're not supposed to be here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because he's he's not revealing that the thing is not working. Yeah, and yeah. then something happens at the end of the third episode that may seem like they're going to. Uh, Do I need to maybe kill someone? They're people? gonna they're gonna find <laughs> out that 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 thing is not working. So I went a little gold bloom. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, wrap this up. What we yeah. Got? Final thoughts. I um I'm thinking of all the television shows that I'm currently watching. Right. Um, this is probably one that that when an episode comes out uh, uh, throughout the week because I usually watch all my shows at, at one time at, uh, on like Sundays or whatever. Uh, it's gonna be my number one show that I want to watch. Friday, um, Agents of Shield comes back. Oh, I'm really excited. They just released like 20 minutes online because it's a two hour, yeah. 20 minute pre- or two hour premiere. Jesus, um, this show is uh, fantastic. It's a great representation of the book. It even elevates it in some ways, uh, doing more adult stuff. Um, if you guys want a, a great show that's that's not really a superhero show yet. Um, watch it, man. It's great. This has sparked my interest in the book. And for me, if a comic book film or a comic book television show has sparked a lot of interest in me to go out and read the source material, this is a really good show. And it really wants, I want to know what happens to the characters in the book, but also at the same time, I want to know how they, um, how it's different and how things, I may wait for the end of the season. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. But I absolutely love this, and if people love Marvel and they're kind of iffy about Runaways, especially it being on Hulu since you have to, to subscribe to Hulu to get it, I would say it is worth it. It honest to goodness is. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I, I just, I never, I don't watch Hulu shows, right, very often, like, unless it's something specific. So this is going to sound weird, but, like, this felt like an actual real, like, FX TV show, and I I guess it's on my part. I didn't. You expect, should watch more Hulu shows. I didn't expect Hulu to, like, be, like, like A-level stuff. Like They have some great content. Oh, yeah, and I just, just because I don't have Hulu, like, I didn't, it's not on Netflix or whatever, right? So I like, heard The Handmaid's Tale was really, really good, and also The yes. Path was really good as 11, well. 112263. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Sparks, final thoughts? I pretty much uh, echo Ryan and Ben. I, I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm just very happy that's good, and I want to see more of it. Yeah, no, I'm the same. It's a great show. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. And uh, that's, well, that's it for the show this week, guys. Thank you for, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> God, we are it's not like, putting it's like this. Matt Damon on 
Jimmy Kimmel. This is right in the beginning. We are not putting this off one more damn week. Sparks, if you will, take it away. Hey, we're finally talking about Essex County by Jeff Lemire. Yay. Oh, he works at Marvel, Yay. I hear. <laughs> nope. Hey, uh, guys, what's up? What'd you think? Yeah, this is great. You are, so far, uh, you batting a-, a thousand with your book clubs, dude. Yeah. Uh, you you bring like you bring like the real shit. I like not that like we don't bring real shit, but like I I bring like fun sometimes fun books. But you bring like the shit comics are made of, dude. You bring the stuff that like this makes is me... actually is made out of comic. It's books. made out of comic it's books. R- yeah, the ripped up comic books <laughs> put into it's recycled. <laughs> uh, it's uh this is a uh, this is one for the ages, dude. Well, Ben, anything? I was not expecting Essex County at all. I did not know what I was gonna get. What I got? Holy crap! I kind of do want to go up to Canada to Essex County to say I actually been there. It's a fictionalized version of it. So film. it's his. I, I know it's but. his hometown. He's fictionalized it and kind of fantasized it. And uh, man, I was reading it. I was not sure how it was going to wrap up, but it wraps up so beautifully. Actually, I lied. I have been there. I have been to Windsor, Ontario, which is part of Essex County. Yeah, so I actually have been there. Damn it! So, Sparks, lead us through this. This is your book. So, club. so it's it's cut into three books essentially, uh, three stories, and the first one is about Lester, uh, Papa New, and he is uh, kind of an an odd duck. I was gonna say we'll odd say. duck too. Yeah, he's he's a bit of an odd duck, and he he gets this connection developed with uh, the gas station clerk named Jimmy who used to be a hockey player and, and uh, seems to be not, at least people think he's not quite right in the head since he got injured. Um, and then the second book is about uh, Lou, Lou the Buff, um, and his uh, he's got severe Alzheimer's, and he's constantly misplacing himself and putting himself back in his own past and reliving uh, past events of how he lost his relationship with his brother, essentially. That second and then, book was super misleading. Yeah, and then the third one is is about this nurse who took care of him, and then also kind of about her own ancestor at the same time. And uh, the, through her story, you kind of realize how people are connected, and that's where you realize that spoilers that that Lester and Lou are actually connected down a long bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this whole wide story about a, a family, essentially. Yeah, and that, um, and that bird, is it? Was it a crow bird? Was it crow? I yeah, was it a, crow? a crow. I didn't yeah. like that crow being um, like the like the uh, the the old caretaker guy in the final book. Like it's like yeah. wraps it all around because like that crow's been there this entire book and it shows where it came from. I'm like, oh my god, Jeff Lemire. That reveal oh was one of the best because I'm looking at the the bloodlines. I'm thinking, oh wow, these guys are actually they con- they're connected in a way. You know, they're not related, but they do go back. And just seeing that crow. Just like well, they they are related, like it's the story of this one family essentially, oh, yeah. and how they're both connected to each other. Except except for the nurse's side of the family, yes. Yeah, the the nurse isn't related at all. She's she's on her own separate storyline, but then there's there's the you know you've got Lester, and he is actually the son of Jimmy, mm-hmm. who is the gas station clerk that that people are weird about, mm-hmm. and uh, is- his mother, his mother was Mary, who was the daughter of Lou's. Uh, brother, uh, and lose his uh, Lester's uh, great grandfather, and and their uh, uh, descendant is the one that the caretaker took uh, looked after, correct? Um, yes, yes, and, and so that's and so that's the weird 
just that weird uh that that moment when you go back after you realize that you look at that moment when they pass each other in the snow mm-hmm. lester and lou and it's oh, just yeah. like they, they have no idea who each other is to the other um i really love lou's story in a in a painful way i really like lester's story with jimmy in like a, a hopeful way i love the way jimmy just creates the uh fictional alien invasion with that was so lester that's so cool um i really like that and and lose lose whole fall apart is so brutal to watch because he, he like just loses contact with his family loses contact with his mom uh never contacts his family again essentially because he had one night with uh his brother's his brother's girl yep yeah it's a real testament as to how uh, something like that can be so damaging to the character of someone mm-hmm. um, that it could really just change your whole perspective of family in general. Yep. Um, and I really feel like Jeff Lemire gets family drama in all its shapes. You know, we saw it with Animal Man and we see it here. Um, his artwork is exquisite and only he could write or draw something, write and draw something like this. And, it's a little bit more subdued than what he's become known for, uh, certainly. Uh, things like Trillium come to mind, um, which I, I'll be honest, I didn't care for. Um, but I just feel like I love family drama when it's written so well, and uh, there's no one better to write a story like this. Jeff Lemire, for me, I see him more as I like. I love his writing more than I love his art because I think uh, Trillium was one of the first books of his I picked up that he wrote and um, drew, and drew by himself, and I wasn't really crazy about his art. Reading Essex County changed my mind completely. It's all black and white, and I think that's the best part about this book that it's just so black and white. Why does you just focus on the words? Yeah, it's yeah. in can it's it takes place in Essex County, Canada. People know it snows up there. And just this the winter scenes are just for me, they're so much more impactful just in black and white. And his art style fits that. There's so many great panels that are just dialogueless. Yeah. And yeah, the, the the impact he's able to put into like just slowly getting close on these actually fairly fairly simplistic faces. Yeah. But you get this more emotion as you get closer to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, dude, I'm uh uh I'm just going to be very real and honest here. Like my dad died recently, right? And that sucks. And uh this book is is it deals a lot of stuff of family drama and it worked really well and like uh like disconnecting with your family like my whole family like you guys too like we all have dysfunctional families in some certain ways right and comics i try to avoid this stuff in comics normally because you know i say that for movies comics are about superheroes like not all the time of course obviously uh but this book hit me in a really uh, specific time and place and it was it was really really uh thought provoking it was really sweet and uh, uh, people with Alzheimer's, like uh, it's it's such a bummer, dude. Well, let me let me you piggyback also, off of what you just said yeah. because much in the same way that you had uh, a real moment with this book, I I did too, but for a different uh, a different and moment. There's, and there's so many so many uh, layers uh, for like the different family members. So there's so many different things that so many people could take away from it, yeah. which makes it so powerful because it's relatable to everyone. Yeah, and much in the same way. Um, something that scares me more than anything itself is Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, the the thoughts of losing your, oneself and who you are. You are your memories. You are the shape of your memories, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's devastating to me. Uh, Alzheimer's as a disease, but also in that sense that that second story is so impactful for me. It it hits all 
all of my emotional heartstrings yeah. with distancing yourself from family. Um, you know, some you know, you have expectations of going to a big city and it doesn't work out the way you want it mm-hmm. to, and then you kind of lose your facilities and and then you have to move back home and you know things that I'm fearful of. You know that one night that she, that he spends with his uh, with his brother's girl. You know, God, I mean, I can't get too real, but it, it's just it, it really hit me. Yeah, it really hit me seeing him distance himself from his family after that night, and uh, and uh, I'm sorry to tear up a little. No, bit. Yeah, someone it, take it away from and me. And they never, and they never, uh, and the beauty of it is like, it, like in real life, like it's never talked about until they meet each other years later. Yeah, and they do talk about it, and shit goes bad. And there she is. Yeah, it, it is, and it's never fully resolved. It, like the whole like thing real is life. this pain of like not not really repairing it. Um, yeah, I uh, what I really like about it is. Uh, the characters are all uh, like the main characters. They're all very unique. They they have their their things that really set them apart from like your average person, mm-hmm. uh, whatever those those things may be. But they never feel unreal to me. Yeah. Like they're they're off put from your typical person, but they never feel like so fantasized that they don't feel real. No, this and is like I the really, most real comic I've ever read. Right, and I really appreciate that. I I thought it it balanced that line really well of like taking these characters to kind of extreme extreme circumstances of how they behave, but not ever getting to that point where they don't feel like real people. What was um Lester's uh, uh was it Hank uncle's uncle name? was the name Hank? Oh, I don't uh, his uh yeah his anyway, uncle so, yeah, was so, looking after uh, him. Uh, so Hank has to take care of Lester, right? And yeah. I, I've had a couple stepdads, so I understand that, like, yo, you trying to bond with this kid who's not your kid, and like, and like, I think I had a moment with him, right? And like things like that, and like, like, hey, how was your day? It's fine. You want to eat dinner? No. And to the kid, it doesn't seem like anything. But to the to the dad, that's like, I, oh, I yeah. failed. No, I failed. Absolutely. And like, it's little moments like that where I'm like. Uh, it's like it works in movies so well, but like in comics, like when you can get a panel of like two different reactions of faces, like panels, you can take the time yeah. to to you can have that silent panel of just yeah. them sitting. Yeah. For a movie, uh, for a movie, you know, you gotta move. Exactly, you gotta yeah. move because yeah. you only get so so much to tell a story, and only sometimes can you are you offered the ability to take that those moments, and they're better for it. But in comics, you can always take those moments. Yeah, yeah uh, Kenny, his uncle's Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. 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 I don't know um, yeah, I uh, something that kept coming up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times in the first part where uh, Lester's sitting at the kitchen table with Kenny, and uh, he isolates that cross in the background mm-hmm. in the art. And I was just like, oh man, he's just he, he lays on such an image of how Kenny operates his home. Because, so because Kenny is such an interesting character because at one at one point he's like, I didn't want this responsibility, but because my sister asked me to do it, I will do it, and I want to bond with this kid. I do like this kid, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but I it's cannot. Tough. I cannot let his father be in his life. Yeah. Because of what happened. Like the only thing Kenny and Lester really bond on is hockey. That's about it. He's not really much into superheroes at all. But even so, like that hockey is so important to the entire family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They it's all like bond line. on on hockey. I mean, uh, the, the 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 second story. The Lou. when they're older, Lou and his brother, they bond over hockey again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With with watching it with Jimmy. Who is Lester's dad? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's um, so good. It, it, it uh, weaves. I also, it, sorry. It, we, it just weaves through all three stories just like so perfectly. Like it's 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 a real right. winner. 
I also really love uh, whenever we see Lester's comic stories, his drawings. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. They really look oh, they yeah. look so much like what you draw when you're a kid. Yeah. Definitely. I want to like say he captured that perfectly. That's like inspired by like old like Jeff Lemire drawings that he used to do and stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, so I, I hope you guys can kind of see why I was like, you got, you got to do all three parts. Absolutely. Don't just oh, do yeah. book one. Yeah. Kind of is you like need one the long whole story. story. No. Yeah, and they're yeah. fairly quick to get through. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, like they're very thick, but like it is pretty dialogueless. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad thing. No, there's this one line I want to uh, touch on just a tiny little bit. In the second book is also my favorite. Sparks. I mean, it is such great family drama. That's the main focus. But you guys know my favorite sport is hockey. Yeah. I absolutely love hockey. And I used to play a little bit of hockey in high school. And there's this one line that Lou says when he's old, he's gone deaf, he doesn't drive anymore, he's bummed, so he goes back to the only place he knows, which is working at a hockey rink, and he starts coaching kids since he his um, dreams of playing in the NHL were shattered due to his knee. Yep. And there's this line he says is that if you played the game, the game never leaves you. You can always go back to it. Yeah. And I, I played in high school a little bit. It was just a community thing. There was no way in hell I could ever play for the NHL as much as I dreamed it. But I was reading this something that does that's true. Every time I go to a professional hockey game, be it Kings of the Rain or any game, it's like I feel at home. Yeah. I know what's going on. I love sharing it uh, with people. Regardless if it's like hockey, like whatever like your true passion is, like it'll, it'll, you'll find it. It'll, yeah. fi- it'll yeah. find you. Yeah. yeah, and I love how every member of the family – that as, as much as they yell at each other, as much as there's tension between the two of them, as much sadness and horrible things happen, there's one tiny little ray of sauce they can get, and that's at a hockey game. And that's actually a really great, really great thing because you see how a, a bond is stronger. James. Sorry, you see how a bond is stronger than fights, than mm-hmm. petty differences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you know. They fight, they bicker, but they have this one thing that they put it all down. They're like, this is our thing. We'll always have this thing. We'll always love this thing together. And it doesn't matter that's hockey, but also, you know, you know what you just said, It this book has, you know, a lot of different pieces for so many different people. You, uh, you Ryan, took away something completely different than what I took away from it, but both are incredibly valid because both are within this book. Same with you, Ben. Same with, I'm sure, Sparks. Nah, Sparks doesn't. He didn't like Sparks. Didn't take anything from it. You're right. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I I do really like the way that hockey's handled this. I think one of my favorite moments where the hockey came into play is uh, when when Lou is holding Vince when Vince dies, and then Lou imagines oh, yeah. all their old teammates oh, tapping the sticks me. for him. That's that, messed up. That is one of the most respectful. That was really upsetting. That was one of the most and that is one of the most respectful things any hockey player can do because whenever someone gets hurt or whenever something happens, like they're honoring a player, all the players are on the ice and they tap their sticks in appreciation. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading that, I was so close to bawling my eyes out. It it was so it beautifully such a beautiful, drawn. It's such a beautiful moment because in that moment, I feel like Lou realized I, I there's so many things that we never just resolved mm-hmm. because we could never talk about it and now you're gone and I will never have that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's it's scary, and and it is a pretty sad book. But like, uh, like when when what's what's Lou's brother's name again? Oh, Vince. 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 So when Lou and Vince are like, when it's like the good times and like they're playing hockey and like things are going great, that that reading that it's like it's so enjoyable and it's so like like he writes like great like he great emotions just as well as sad emotions. Like seeing them like 
uh, just like be happy together, and then you get like the glances of the wife towards towards them, and it's like, oh, I could see, I could see the, the strings coming apart here. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or when Lou meets his niece Margaret for the very first time, and we still don't know if Margaret is his daughter or not. Oh, that was all like, oh, dude, and like when they have the fight, and like she's mine, you know. Like, or what do you his. mean? She's, she's his. Yeah, she's in like, like you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh god, they're gonna start fighting. And then, and then, he, he and then even Margaret starts writing to him and says, "Hey, I feel this connection to you." And then, God, her life is tragically cut short by that car accident. It just, it hurt me. It's rough, it man. hurt me reading that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let's get some final thoughts because this oh. is ten out of ten. A lot to unpack, and it is, it is a tear. Can we read like a, a, like a Ghostbusters comic next week or something fun? Well, I, uh, I got I, I got you covered, buddy. Final thoughts, Sparks. This is your book club. You take that away. Um, I really wanted to share it because this was something I kind of picked up on a whim. Um, I was browsing around and I wanted to pick up something different in a comic shop, and uh, I found Essex County in its complete collected edition. And I and I kind of looked at it and I glanced through at the art. And it looked just it, it. I wanted something different, and I wasn't prepared for the kind of story it was. Um, but I really appreciate the. I really like when you find something in comics that can really tell a story about people that's just as effective as any other art form, and really can hit you just like you were saying, Ryan. Just like you were saying, Brandon. Like it really gets you. Uh, it really gets you something that you completely connect to that feels really real and that comics can do that too. And, and this is, a, in my opinion, a great example of it. And so I, I was really happy to share it. I wanted to find the right time where we could knock out all parts of it yeah. because I really appreciate it. Unfortunately, it did take us like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a lot to yeah. talk about though. Uh, all right, well, that's, uh, that'll do it. Uh, next week, it is Ben Magnet's book club. <gasps> what is it? The book is Mark Wade and Alex Ross's beautifully drawn masterpiece, Kingdom Come. Ooh, Magog! Cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Magog is a Look cool forward to that. Game. Again, I will post on Instagram about it, so hopefully we will get some comments. Who Evil knows? Shazam. Get ready for it, guys. All right, so some uh, some uh, cleaning up real quick. Shoveling? Uh, I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> um, Shut up. <laughs> we are going to do a, a Coco special uh, reviews. We're going to call it uh, FNG Review Special Number Ooh, 1. Chocolate Wednesday. Coco. No, the movie. Pixar's, oh, darn it. <laughs> Pixar's Coco. Oh, no uh, marshmallows, man. Sparks no. and I saw it over the Thanksgiving weekend, and it was absolutely fantastic. A uh, little spoiler. Uh, so, Oh, it's a good darn. <laughs> uh, so we wanted to discuss it, and uh, so we're going to put out a little mini episode about it, and uh, that'll be that. Hopefully the first of many mini review episodes of things that maybe don't fall necessarily into this niche that I'm we into have it. In, this, in, this, in this one. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. Um... Right, so we will have a Christmas special coming up, uh, December 25th. Um, Christmas. We've got some ideas, but we wanted to know, hey, do you guys have any ideas that you guys want to throw by us uh, for what we can do for a Give Christmas Give us ideas, because we don't have any. Tell us I'm just stuff. kidding. I'm just I just kidding. said I have ideas. <laughs> I know, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Tell us Are stuff, you please. telling me that I am lying no, about I just, having ideas? <laughs> I just don't. Because you're right. Brain. Please give us ideas. <laughs> Help. <laughs> tell, us your th- tell us your secrets. No, uh, yeah, no if you keep, have any, keep it secret. If you have any ideas for a Christmas special, please let us know. Um Maybe we'll use it this year. Maybe we'll use it the next year in the year in the year after. Unless it's a bad Christmas thing, then we'll do it in five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'd be fun. Uh, however, besides the Christmas special, guys, we are coming up on the last episode of the year, the last normal episode. <gasps> Already? Already. Oh the year's God. almost over, my friend. Oh. I haven't seen Star Wars yet, so it's not. Star Wars 
review will be our last normal episode of the year. Do, 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 do. That's so scary. So we've only got a couple more. Oh, man. Most notably, next week, we are talking about the CW crossover. Crisis on Earth X, and like we did last year, will also be the discussion of the season so far. <laughs> okay, we all I know look you, at ben. you can't see this. You cannot see this. But the second that Brandon said the season so far, Ryan just turned his head, gave me this like really wide eyed look of. I didn't say anything. No, my you, eyes did the speaking. His look, ben, eyes. You didn't. You weren't part of last year's either. So I just I, wanted to how, barely how, spoke. How caught up are you guys? I am not. He hasn't <laughs> not seen you, last. Ben. Not you. <laughs> you are should you, know this by now. You're talking talking about me, Sparks. You, you and Ryan. I'm uh, all caught up except for the last episode. I will be caught okay. up by the end of the week. I will yeah. watch the crossover. Everything else, I'm screwed. Yeah, I'll definitely be caught up. I've, I've got like, I've got like a week and a half to catch up on. Yeah, yeah we good. Uh, so we will be all caught up by our next episode uh, Sunday. Um, yeah, that's pretty great. That. Uh, we will, we may have a special guest coming <laughs> up in December. I'm not going to announce it until we know for sure it's happening. Um, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus is coming. <laughs> yeah, I finally got him booked. Took this long. <laughs> So this, so the second coming of Jesus is him coming on our show talking about nerd stuff. It's it's a pre-release. But if not, uh, probably look out for a Punisher episode in December. Who knows? If I we watched can do some it. of it. Spoilers. It's good. If we can do it, uh, no promise. I'm not making any promises on either of those. Just want to give you guys maybe an idea of what we're Don't looking at. Don't make a at. promise to the Punisher you can't keep. And uh, that'll that'll do it. Is that a line I haven't seen Punisher? Yet? No, that's my Frank Castle voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> that'll do it. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, hey, Jeremy. Brandon. Yes. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank hey, you. Hey. Hey, Sparks. Hmm. Thank you. That's Aww, all. No more thanks. Thank you. Hey, guys. <laughs> what? Thank you for doing this with me every oh, week. Oh, I like it. Thanks. Thanksgiving's over. I'm over it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So thank you to Jeremy Bellucci uh, for doing our theme music. And, you know, as we always say, he does Suburban Proctologist. Great. Uh, you guys should definitely check this one out. Uh, if you haven't already, it's really great. You if know, you are a human being with your... I'm just going to stop right there. Anyway, it's good. You can find him Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram at Subproc Podcast. He's on iTunes. Suburban Proctologist should definitely check that one out, like mm. I just said. Louis Barreto, who does our icon. Uh, you can find him at Lens for Eyes on Instagram. Uh, also, he is associated with AnyZine, and we are maybe sort of kind of also associated with AnyZine. Sure are, maybe. Who knows? We like to plug things. Yeah. Uh, they meet every third Wednesday of the month uh, at Cal State Northridge. Anyone is welcome at the Cal State Northridge Art Department, room 507, from 6 to 10. If you are not in the greater Los Angeles area, however, you can still participate. Just find them on Instagram, anyzine, E-N-I-Z-I-N-E, underscore C-S-U-N. Facebook, anyzine, at CSUN. Email, anyzine.csun at gmail.com. It's a parallelogram, I guess. Um, you can find us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com for any of your Christmas episode suggestions. You can find me, BT McClure, on Instagram and Twitter, you can find Ben. Ben Magnet twenty seven for both Instagram and Twitter. And if you really, really want to challenge me to Stars Battlefront or Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite on PlayStation, it is Ben Magnet capital B capital M one word. What's your Instagram and Twitter? Oh, Same. Ben Magnet twenty seven. <laughs> I said that. Okay. Oh, hey, I'm Ryan Eliopoulos. Wait, that's not it. I'm DJ Tony Snark <laughs> <laughs> at everything, including PlayStation. Let's play some Injustice at Battlefront. Sparks. I'm Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever podcasts to listen to, or wherever we are. I honestly don't know anymore. Um, actually, I'm not too sure we're on Google Play anymore. i got to figure that one out. Oh, no. Uh, rate and review wherever you get us. Five stars, please. 
Five stars, please. I mean, I'll take a four. It's cool. Yeah, maybe a three and a half. I, I don't think they can do halfies. I really want to know. I really want to see the construct- constructive criticism if it's two. <laughs> if Ray- it's constructive, if it's just like blatant BS, then not enough. Not Ryan, re- two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, did you write <laughs> that? Reviewed by Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>